boys, that's not illegal. Guys, welcome to Minefields. This is a monumentous episode. This is issue 100 of the comic book series. And uh, coincidentally, <laughs> definitely not because it was a stretched out gimmick in the third <laughs> half, seven ninths, uh, the 200th recording that we've released. Uh, good to make your acquaintance, gentlemen. You guys are two of my best friends. We got my best friend in the world, Mr. Colin Ward, there. We got Mr. Tony Morales, our resident BA. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's Mahalo. up? Mahalo. 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 Are you nice. leaving or are you, are you staying? They're going to stay. They're going to do the podcast, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm out. And I'm out. Guys, awesome. Good Good to talk to you guys. We're all on uh, our nice fancy recorders. It's going to sound all crispy and clean except for my fan going because it is a blistering uh, 80 degrees here in Colorado Springs at the moment. Dude, it's... It's still hot coming off the pavement outside here. It is so hot. It has stayed so hot. You take a shower, get dressed, and you got to go someplace, and you you broke a full sweat before you even get in the car. It's miserable. Yep, that's one of the reasons I left. Fuck Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I live here, and there's a lot of times I hate it, and it's all got to do with the weather. I had a customer on the phone today, and she was like, yeah, we're, we're moving to our new house in Missouri, and we're... We're leaving Clovis, and we're stopping in Oklahoma City uh, tomorrow night. And I'm like, would you like some advice? And she was like, <laughs> Don't go outside. <laughs> she was like, why? And I was like, I used to live in Oklahoma. Do you want advice? Because I always ask if someone wants advice. And she's like, sure. And I'm like, stay the fuck out of the south side, uh, east side, and the west side. You do not want to go there. And she was like, like just stay northeast. Like Go a little bit north when you first get in. Go a little Northwest Expressway, find yourself a nice hotel there. Everything, The further you go, the richer it gets and the nicer. And she's like, all right. And she's like, well, what's so bad about the south side? And I'm like, you ever seen a naked screaming baby running around at 2 a.m. in a Walmart? She's like, no. I'm like, you wanna? <laughs> it's got its moments. Yeah, it's got its moments. Yeah, that's I'm always seeing Walmart. kids outside. There's, there's, a, there's, a particular, uh, there's a particular service station in town that... You, I, you know, you gotta go there for cat food in the middle of the night sometimes, and it's just like it is the worst. They play anybody who lives there. Uh, it, well, here we are disparaging something. I don't feel great about that, but let me tell you, Southside I mean, Southside Oklahoma they, City knows what it is. They, this isn't Southside Oklahoma City. This is damn gobsmack middle of town, oh. and like they are blasting opera music all day, all night. 
to try to get people to not hang out and crash right there. That's awesome. Like, yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm sure every place has its problems. Isn't that the opposite of what they did to Noriega when he like took solace in the uh, to, uh, not solace? Uh, what do you call it uh, when you hide in a refuge? Refuge in, a, in that in that church, and they just blasted Van Halen because they they found out he was it Van Halen. He was Van, Van Halen. Halen. I got a Van Halen shirt yesterday. Nice. Speaking of yeah. shirts. Speaking of shirts, thank you for Look that. Look at what shirt you're wearing. Yeah, I'm, uh, the, the first big shout-out, uh, other than to us, for maintaining the, uh, you know, it's one of the things they say about uh, local small businesses. Uh, you got to get past the second year. We are well past, well into, uh, up, up, almost getting to our third year, getting major traction, and we beat that. But also, we, we now have our T-shirts, thanks to Miss Lil, Miss uh, Lily out of the... Uh, uh, Lubbock, Texas. She hooked us up with. Uh, I got the pink one. You, you're getting the yellow one. You've got a blue one. I'm getting the yellow one, but I like that pink one a lot. Yeah, I it really it. pops. Those two colors clashing like that. You've got a black Minefields logo on a. Or I'm sorry, a pink Minefields logo on a black T-shirt, and it looks freaking great. Not only that, but it's one of those nice, like, uh, like better shirts. You know, you have to pay five mm-hmm. bucks extra, like American. Uh, apparel so my nipples don't get rubbed raw because lord knows that i've got sensitive ones those uh okay not like those crappy haynes beefy tees just rub your raw but anyway yeah lil thanks again 200 thread count (laughs) yeah uh, shout out to her and damien uh great time seeing you guys shout out to squirt soka pro for taking such good care of us uh last weekend uh we recorded episode three of guerrilla warfare another cool thing is uh i showed you guys that stop motion toy animation that my buddy uh, Kirk made and I asked him like listen um, can you make like four of these by Sunday and he's like yeah yeah, I could Um, I was like well I was thinking of just like if you can just keep making these we can use your stop animation for the segues into each match or the next segment of of, uh, everything in Guerrilla Warfare and he's got he's got as many toys as we do so he's gonna have a shitload of stuff lots of G.I. Joe aliens A lot of sci-fi stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of DC stuff. He's a great guy. You guys are going to really like him. He's great smile, great great gentleman. I'm really glad I met him, and he's just gung-ho to, to help out Guerrilla Warfare. Uh, but mm-hmm. that's uh, before I get too far, man, what do you guys, uh, any thoughts? I mean, this is 200. I mean, we really, we've really hit the grind. Like, it, there's 200 episodes in almost two and a half years. That's a, that's a shitload. <laughs> I got a lot of thoughts, Tony, though. I want to hear your thoughts first. No, no, man, it's just, it's really super cool, you know, freaking wasn't originally a part of this, but really, you know, felt welcomed, kind of came on, you know, almost, I can't really say by accident, but almost by, by kismet. Yeah, 100% kismet. Freaking, you know, just kind of, everything worked out well, freaking everything's been cool, kind of, you know, I, I like the fact that it's all three of us kind of putting our, putting our collective thoughts into it, which is always awesome. You know, yeah, it's been fantastic. The format has remained. I think you know we were played around with the format early on, and we found something we really liked, and it was just, we wanted to stay off the cuff, uh, just conversational. We didn't want it to be. Uh, we 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 didn't want it to be too formal. We had the idea for doing long boxes, and that's like you know that's the investigative journalist concept recording uh you know go in and really talk about one particular author for an evening or something like that and then we just get to the point where like well let's just keep up with stuff and 
unfortunately, I feel like I'm always reading kind of the same stuff. But that's what I, you know, that's what I think a lot of us do. The mm-hmm. the as comics readers, the material comes out from the uh, distributors, and we get what we're reading. And you know, you branch out and try something every now and again, and sometimes it's worth it, and sometimes it isn't. I've definitely recorded, I, and I I always feel like I've got something positive to say about everything but there once or twice i'm just like this is just garbage yeah, it's no getting around it unfortunately this is just crap this isn't going to go anywhere that kind of stuff sometimes people I try, need like, to be uh, warned sometimes people yeah need unfortunately to be warned. yeah I, I hate to say that because i know people even the worst stuff out there people put a lot of effort into it and right. it's it's hard to get something out there but uh you know i i i think the the rough part for me is wanting to be always doing this and like getting pulled away for for work it's my work can be all involving sometimes and then uh dude i remember last year we were in the middle of a recording uh joshua and i were one night and i was on the job i was recording from a hotel room and i got a a critical call from we all work. Have COVID. <laughs> yeah like two two of my people had it turned out false positives and that turned into one one of the most trying weeks of my career um and i was just like i don't i don't know when i'm going to be able to record again i can't even think about it it was just terrifying but uh it wasn't that anybody but it wasn't that anybody in my particular department was really sick but these these crazy little instances have occurred over the last what two years and and um uh just i mean the nice thing is that this has always been there for us you know i right. just this is a, this has turned into something that's that uh makes us way bigger than i think we 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 were and i think i mean joshua you and i kept talking about we just get on the phone and talk and talk for hours sometimes and then we just be like when we got we got so many ideas that we love some of them are good ideas <laughs> I'm sure we have plenty of good ideas. We get really excited when we know that what we're talking about is is impressive. And uh, I think we just got to the point where we're like, we got to start just recording this. And then it was like, this is going to evolve into a podcast. Especially, I mean, what, do you, what do you think? Especially when uh, there was an instance one time where I'd gotten off work and I just needed to, to go on one of those long drives <laughs> I go on sometimes. And I called you up and uh, you and I basically wrote the entire <laughs> not basically, not basically, 100% wrote the entire scaffolding for what would become Cobra Kai. For Cobra Kai. For, well, like, I know. Like, we, we slaved over it. We, I drove, I, I was driving around for maybe almost two and a half hours. And we we're like, no, 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 they, like, it's got to be the, the, the kids, it's got to be the kids, like, with, with them as the mentors, yeah. and then we got it's got to come back full circle. And, uh, and, uh, and then I remember thinking, who would be funny if, like, uh, you know, they actually used, like, you know, our exact ideas. And then, like a year later, and it was a couple months later, we met Billy Zabka or William Zabka. Sorry, mm-hmm. uh, William, William, I, know Zabka. You, I know you prefer William. Uh, and yeah, that's uh, his picture right there. Yep. That's from that from that instance, when, I have this. I have a picture of him signed. When we met him, and he was so gung ho that he was the hero of the Karate Kid. And we, luckily, we didn't tell him any of the ideas, but it was like someone had tuned in. <laughs> tuned in. I and did then, ask him one question. Yeah, you did. I was like, "Hey, what do you think happened between Daniel and and uh, Johnny?" Like. Like the tournament happens in December. What was the rest of that school year like? And he's like, "Oh man, I nobody. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that before." Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think they became friends. It just was just like an off the cuff answer. 
I wanted but to, I, I don't think it developed into anything, you know. I wanted <laughs> to ask him if he ever closed that Elizabeth Shoe deal. <laughs> I want details. I, I, you know, I mean... I bet he gets that question asked quite a bit. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. When I met her, she was super-duper pregnant and super-duper hurried to go meet her husband because he was directing a TV show I was working on. God, this, this, uh, this skeezy 12-year-old has never died in me. Like, I'm watching the boys, like, come on, just a nip slip. Come on. <laughs> Been waiting for this for a while. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we nailed that. Like, in 2014, I was in a really bad way. I was having a hard time coming up with work and... Uh, I was just doing some work around the home, and I just realized that the entire Karate Kid 2... Oh, we, no, no, earlier than that, the Karate Kid 2 score was oh, yeah, online. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I've never just listened to this score. For whatever reason, I couldn't... Uh, it was the Bill Conti music, and I fell in love with it. And I became obsessed with uh, the character of Sato from Karate Kid 2. And what would it all be like? And if, if you know, like, what kind of a person is he after that? Yeah, How does it change his life? Dude, it just it fired my imagination. I think we got to talking about it, and that was when it turned into that was that was one of the things that led us into a lot of heavy conversation. And more often than not, we'll get on the phone and we'll talk about this. Like, hey, have you read this? What if it spun out this way? Like the rarely does it ever go that way. Like three weeks ago, when uh, you just called me randomly, and we ended up on the phone for three hours talking about the Matrix, mm -hmm. and we're like, shit, oh we should have been, we should have been, awesome. we should have been recording all the time. Um, I gotta say though, uh, to to wrap this sec sec segment mm -hmm. up is that I'm just really proud. It's uh, uh, Tony, you're you're very stoic. Colin and I are very <laughs> emotional beings. I, I'm really proud. I do get. I sometimes it's like one of those. No matter what, I have minefields. I've got two of the best dudes in my corner. I could possibly fucking ask for that I met, like, random kismet out of nowhere, to borrow your word, Tony. Um, and that's how I've always operated, is kismet. And just haven't been worried about it. No, like, whatever hole I dig myself into, I got y'all, and we got each other, and we've really kicked some ass. Uh, when Earlier when you said, um, you know, like, you, you read all the same stuff. So what? I don't care. That's one of the best parts about this, is just, like, we're basically a three-team reservoir dog. Like, I'm the... Well, uh, Tony's the DC guy. Like he, like yeah. we, we, uh, um, we needed that man. We, we needed that early on. <laughs> we needed that really early on. It was like the missing part. He's he's the pro wrestler. Nineteen years in the business. We do wrestling interviews. He's a trainer. Extremely professional, and he knows DC like a motherfucker. We bought and before it. Don't let me get down to this rabbit hole yet. But we got some Wizard magazines, and we were reading the Death of Superman <laughs> special, and it was full of trivia, and they had, like, a Cosmo-style Superman quiz. And he fucking aced it. Absolutely oh, wow. aced it. Like, like, there was some weird shit. surprising, like a lie. <laughs> it, 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 I, was, I was pleasantly surprised. I, I was hoping you would ace it. He, and uh, all, we're reading all those factoids. And, like, so he, he's got that part of the industry cornered. You're our you're our Marvel sci-fi guy. Uh, you're you're the guy that can talk for a, ten hours straight about Dune or aliens. Um, not that yeah, I probably. not that none of us can't. Uh, and <laughs> we're then, about to. <laughs> yeah, we're about to. And um, we're about to talk about that. <laughs> and I'm the I'm the indie guy. Like I, I love X Men and and uh, and um, you know Spidey, but my my true passion are indie comics. Um, 
Constantine, mm-hmm. Vertigo, uh, anything Image. I love testing out the Euro comics. Uh, anything, they're they're just, we've got it pretty well centered, and it's 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 a great team, and I'm I'm proud to be a part of it, with you guys, and I'm proud of you guys for sticking with it. We haven't made any money unless we're uh, actually we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're we're we well let me phrase that we've made we've made and we're demonetized. We know we've done, we've made money because the the podcast has gotten us to to. To different places as well as your, um, your getting us booked in different places uh, as well, and uh, we're doing photography now. We're doing the guerrilla warfare. It's it's like it's like the Fight Club thing. It started as Fight Club. Now it moved out of the basement and is now called Project Mayhem. <laughs> we're still minefield, yeah, right? but we're doing uh, guerrilla warfare. I'm really proud of episode three, um, well, two and three. I haven't formatted yet. Um, just proud to be part of the team with you guys and you know here's to 200 more episodes guys oh at least yeah big but, thumbs up from everybody gotta, gotta make it to the big old the big 400 and 500 we better be an episode thousand yeah let, let's the the goal is that at, yeah uh, we gotta at <laughs> at four at, at 400 we better have uh like 500,000 followers <laughs> my my fa- my favorite thing is reading a current issue of something, and then they'll be releasing like the the last X Men, whatever the the last Captain America story or whatever you know those. And mm-hmm. sometimes they're good, and sometimes they're crap. And I'm like, well, you did one of these with that same guy like four years ago. So why is this another last the last minefield story? Now where do they end? It's, it's not, the never it's, ending minefields. It's, it's not going to end until one of us dies. Um, to, seen it done. To long Yikes. life. Now uh, we went to. We had a most excellent journey, not a bogus one, uh, on Saturday. <laughs> uh, yep. Tony got us booked in uh, in <clears throat> Lubbock at Square Circle Pro. Uh, shout out to uh, Mr. Rick Elsie. Did I say his last name right? Yeah. He uh, huzzah. He got huzzah. He got booked uh, there again, but last the first time we were there, I was like, man, I wish I just had my green screen because it was still at the last place we're at. And we hadn't rescued it yet, and um, all the all my photography shit, and I didn't have the new camera yet. And um, I was like, I really want to do this, and we're leaving. And he's like, we gotta talk to Rick, and he's like, he wants to do photos, and uh, like that, that's how it happened. That's that's how it works in pro wrestling. Like it, it was wonderful. Like the right guy said the right thing to the right dude. And, like, we'll get into that story later. It came to pass. It came to pass. Yes, it did. Uh, we feasted on beef jerky. Mm. We, uh, well, hey, you, you take you take point on this one, man. Tell us about the, tell us about the trek. Yeah, no, it was good. Freaking we hit, uh, you know, they got some beef jerky. Freaking hit some Sonic real quick. Freaking drove down all the way. Freaking, uh, yeah, we ended up hitting three, uh, we ended up hitting two different comic shops. One in one in uh, we went back to Big Apple, where uh, oh, Josh Jesus. lost his mind. Lost, <laughs> yeah. lost his mind. Lost his wallet. That's what I was gonna ask. Was it did, did he go crazy or did he spend a bunch? Uh, he spent a bunch. It was it was money well spent, but yeah. was it was it an ample amount spent? How long is that drive? Uh, six hours. Five and a half. Oh, that's awesome. No, that's, 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 that's just that's just Amarillo. Yes, Amarillo. Then it's an additional uh-huh. hour and a half to Lubbock. Yeah. Ugh. 
Wow. So that's yeah, yeah. We're gonna end up finding New Mutants '87, first appearance of Strife. Yep, the mm-hmm. the first hint of and, Strife. Yep. Got that one, and then got the uh, the Fallen Angel series, which is like an eight part mini series, featuring some of the New Mutants. This is the Freaking. sound of me nodding. Yes, dude. Yes. It was dude. This is a it was a juicy comic book store. The the owner, his name is Ed. Oh, by the way, we remember we we're putting over the Ed gimmick. If your name is Ed. And you run a comic book store, you better be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> every every Ed who runs a comic shop so far has hooked it up. Hooked it up. Ed over mm. at uh, Big Apple sits down and he, uh, he's telling me, like, apparently Spawn is flying off the shelves right now. Not just the, oh, new, that's cool. the, the, new, the new issues, the old ones, they can't keep in stock. He had a mm. wonderful story about um, having dinner. I think Rob Liefeld in the face. Yes. He punched him? What did he do in the face? Oh, he punched right the, Rob right Liefeld in the, in the face. Hmm. Right in the kisser. Four. Right in the kisser. Kapow, as they were. Zork. Right. Zork. <laughs> Snikey. Yeah. Uh, he, but he, yeah. Was, he was talking about meeting McFarlane a couple months ago at one of those retailer gigs, and he's like, you probably don't remember me, but... I was at a dinner uh, that this happened when you guys announced Image. And uh, he, Todd told him, like, I don't remember you, but I do remember that night happening. And we left, and I'm just like, I'm almost shaking leaving that place, and we'll get to why. But, like, after that story, uh, I was like, I looked at Morales, and I was like, that dinner he was talking about, I've read about it in two different books. Like, holy shit, yeah, that, 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 yeah. Guy, that guy was there. <clears throat> and um, old Ed over at Big Apple... But we were particularly there because I was promised that they would price uh, a box of Wizard magazines that I saw a small box. The, the box I initially saw last time we were there back in the May uh, probably had about 10. I was willing to pay maybe 30, maybe 50. Mm-hmm. And because um, they were all in the shrink wraps. And Wizard magazine always would always come in, it was always like five, six bucks. Uh, closer to eight before it died, and he told us how it how it ended on cer- ceremoniously. Uh, the owner came, the then owner came in and said, "Hey, you're all fired. We're done." And that was it. Like that's oh, how. It, wow. that, yeah, it was bullshit. And uh, turns out that they didn't have uh, that small box anymore. They had an even bigger box. that had about like what I counted like what forty five or fifty. Forty five, yeah. Yeah, so- something wow. like that. And most of them were like I, I was going through. Like, I, I didn't know the price yet. They let me look at them. I'm going through them. Okay, in the, in the, yes, yes, I remember having this. I want it, want it. And then I stumbled on issue one. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is mine. I don't give a fuck. I just grabbed it. <laughs> he said there was a couple non-wizards in the back. I found those and took them the fuck out. And um, uh, at first it was uh, 150 No, no, $6. $6 an issue. And I'm like, okay, let me Whoa. go through and find the ones I want. You know? And then he was like, well, one thirty. And then I was like, ah, and I had that Tia Carrere issue of She, uh, where she's in front. Excuse me. And new issue uh-huh. of Sazam, and I was like, ah, give me a hundred. Done. These are going for six to eight dollars an issue, unwrapped on eBay right now. I, I made off like a bandit. They still had almost all of them in the shrink wrap with the promotional posters, cards, the the the, the you know when you open a magazine and all the subscribe uh, little postcards fall out. 
still have all that shit. By the way, uh, one of them has a um, special edition, long form, only in Wizard Magazine, Wildcats. It has your name all over it, Mr. Tony. Nice. It's Chromium, too. Remember the old school 90s Chromium? You love some Chromium. Yep, and uh, I wanted to bring up Wizard just because I, after the, hearing the unceremonious uh, demise of it, because it was one of my favorite magazines, I was reading it when it ended. Um, I remember when the last issues featured, like, uh, Scott Pilgrim, the movie was coming out, and uh, Mark Millar was curating it. Jeez, and, 2010? Yeah. And, no, wow. uh, 11. Uh, maybe 11. And um, then when we were going through them, I was like, because I was feeling kind of a little bit of a buyer's remorse. And then when we were going through them, I was like, wait a minute, there's there's so many articles in here and ideas we can completely rip off. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the, and I'm not going to even, like, pull any punches on that. Like, you know, we're not going to, like, copy, like, you know, the interviews they did, but the ideas. Remember, there was a... Remember all the hard-hitting questions? It was like nine pa- pages. I read like for thirty. I was just, we're one of the gimmicks on the road. You got to keep each other awake. Um, I'm reading just random like blurbs, like hard-hitting questions. Shooters like, uh, I can't remember the exact question. Like, what what should an editor do or not do? Some stupid. He's like, this is a stupid question. Like, move on. Like, they had Coppola. They had like it was hard-hitting journalism. There was. One of them had a article about the history of horror in comic books. I'm like, fascinating. This is going to take me a year to read uh, the, the, the entire book. So uh, we are. The, what, what I wanted to say is, what happened to Wizard is not going to happen in Minefields. What you guys did is going to live on in, in some awesome way with us completely ripping off all your awesome ideas and us rehashing it with new <laughs> with new characters uh, and new creators and new artists and I do, and if you're listening to this former wizard staff god bless you I hope you're kicking ass fuck whoever did that to you and um, but it wasn't Garib Seamus I looked it up the original uh, creator it wasn't him it was some other asshole but we're leaving we're leaving uh, Big Apple and we head to Lubbock man uh, pick up pick up yeah we ended up hitting Lubbock real quick we ended up stopping at one comic book store uh, Star Comics Wonderful place. Freaking, oh, that place was gorgeous. Freaking, I ended up, I ended up finding what I thought was the first appearance of Cassandra Cain as Batgirl. Ends up <laughs> actually the first appearance of Huntress as Batgirl. Even better. <laughs> so it was pretty awesome. Uh, freaking, dude, this place was immaculate. Freaking, they had toys, they had figures, they had freaking comics on the wall, which I'm always a huge freaking fanboy of. Stuff, yeah. Back issues out the freaking wazoo. Freaking, they ended up having. The one issue of X Factor, the original seventy issue run, where the original team from the X Men was the uh, X Factor. The one issue I don't have, 45? and the only reason I didn't buy it because I ended up, it was twenty four. But uh, the only reason I didn't get it was because I could find I found it cheaper online, and I'd already like kind of like oh, if I don't get it, if I don't find it in town, I'm gonna get it here, and I ended up buying it there, and I'm like. Would have been cool for the podcast if we can just buy it right there and finish up the collection, but I would always rather buy it in person. I one time bought us Amazing Spider-Man number thirty-two because I had a girlfriend that gave me a thirty-one, and then I found a thirty-three, and then I was like, I got to get a thirty-two. I got it online. You just can't tell the condition, especially yeah. that old. Right. I don't know what it would be like for podcasts, <clears throat> but anyway, yeah. But no, I ended, up, I ended up getting that one online because I've got the entire first seventy issue run. Freaking, I ended up buying. Freaking, I ended up getting that freaking that Batman with the first appearance of Huntress's Batgirl, and then freaking 
couple of issues of New Mutants feature for during the um, the fall of the mutant storyline. Mm-hmm. So I got a couple of those. I'm trying to build the, stuff. finish that collection off. So freaking, we end up going there. Hold on, before, freaking, before, uh, before we leave, before we leave, a couple things. I just spent a shitload of money at fucking Big Apple, and I had a couple not of two hours earlier. Not, and, and not only that, he he had swore up and down, "I'm not gonna get it. I'm I'm done. I'm tapped. I can't I can't do it. Can't do it. I can't I can't do it." And the whole time I'm like, "Oh, this he, he's gonna get something. He's gonna get something. <laughs> he, we ain't walking out of here. We ain't walking out of here empty-handed. No, I don't care." I don't even care if I get anything. This fool is not walking out of here empty-handed. <laughs> just on the principle. Dude, for sure. And it, it, it's one of the best things ever because we're on the way there. And I, I was telling him, like, I remember when we'd go on road trips when I was a kid um, or just moving from town to town because we are in the military and passing by comic stores and zero hope that we're stopping because it's a road trip. Dad's not stopping for shit. I mean, I barely had five minutes allotted when I was – taken to a comic book store let alone on a road trip and now we're literally on road trips literally dream come true we got our big boy money and um <laughs> and uh we go into this place and i'm staring at three mcfarlands i'm like oh the the uh the the some of the dc multi-figures they had the batman beyond one i'm like no don't do it <laughs> and uh tony's like fuck you get it Fuck you, get it? And I'm like, no, because he, he, I don't think he even wanted me to get it. He just wanted to break me. <laughs> he just, he just wanted to break me. And I was like, no, no, I can get the. Oh, bring up what you didn't get first. Oh shit! Um, the freaking the box or the uh, the set. What's in the box? What's in the box? Okay, so there's a couple things I didn't get that I'm really okay. There was one that was a five hundred dollar set. It was the uh, absolute. Library bound, oh, uh, yeah, Sandman. All this, all four, all four <laughs> giant volumes with the death volume, five hundred bucks. Okay, we're gonna be back there in November. I'm got my fingers crossed. I'm gonna show up with five hundred bucks. Actually, I'm gonna show up with five hundred bucks and tell them I only have four hundred. And then, um, um, but they also had the entire, they also had the entirety, and I didn't realize that I don't have the last thirty. Uh, I was like, oh man, they got all the Wicked and the Divine, and he was like, get it. I'm like, no, I've got the whole set. And then I, uh, I got home and I was going through my boxes, and I do not have the whole set of the Wicked and the Divine by Kieran Gillian, and which is one of my favorite comic runs. You know, that's one of my favorite comic runs of yeah. all time. And uh, so I got to go get. That was only sixty bucks. So Minefielders, if uh, I've read the whole thing, I've got most of them. If you do not have them and can get to, was it what was it? Big Apple? No, big. What was the one? That was Star Comics. Star Comics in Lubbock, Texas, off of thirty uh, fourth. Mm-hmm. Off of thirty fourth, uh, headed south. Uh, they've got the entirety of the Wicked and Divine worth every goddamn penny. Sixty bucks. You were literally robbing these guys. Uh, the the graphic novels alone are twelve dollars each in six issue sets. And I think they got to seventy five or maybe ninety. And um, so I got to go back and get that one if it's still there. Um, but so but I did see my my uh, I only had the first five um, no first three. But I did buy the eight dollar set of all eighth of Bliss uh, off of Image. Caitlin Yarsky, one of my favorite new artists, did that. Um, eight bucks. Oh, I. I I spent some money there, and then we leave, and <laughs> we we get we're we're, pull, we're getting ready to pull out of the parking lot, head to the show. We're already running late, later than we thought. We'll get to that part. Yeah, <laughs> freaking uh, 
and we, we somebody knocks on the door, and I'm like, "Must be some homeless, this homeless guy or yeah, something." Some some stranger well, Mexican dude knocking on the window, like because I've got I've got I've got twelve hundred dollars wrapped around my, no eighteen hundred dollars wrapped around my my neck, my camera, because we've been filming the whole time. Oh, dude, yeah. <clears throat> so we're like, whatever. We pre-roll down the window, and this dude ends up being cool as hell, and he's just like, "Hey, um, I heard you guys in there." I saw you set up the camera and the podcast. That's awesome. I've got a video game store that is five minutes away from here. I'm heading there right now. Um, do you guys want to go check it out? And free. And I, I'm over here trying to con Josh into one of the other. There's only two comic book shops in all of Lubak. Yeah. Lubak. Lubak. <laughs> I'm like, let's go hit the other one real quick. we got plenty of time, which we, in fact, did not have plenty of time. Freaking! Um, I'm like, let's just go do it real quick. I only said, said no, no, we can't, we can't, we can't. We got to go to the show. I want to set up early. Yeah. We did not like set up early, and freaking, um, yeah, we got to go. And then freaking, this dude is just like, hey, I got this car, I got this freaking video game store five minutes away, and Josh is like, oh, we're going. I'm like, what the fuck? But only, only because, only be- this was for you. Only because of two things. Number one, it was that video game store we passed. Maybe they have comics or toys there. When we first went into Lubbock back in May, and it was like a straight shot to the venue. We saw it, we saw it on the left. No, it was like a um, God. I, I got his card somewhere. Uh, we got. I'll I'll, I'll look. Found it up. games. Found games. Pull it up at, at your leisure. Found <clears throat> games, and he said, and like that's that oh, fucking cool. store. And Mr. Morales here, his PS4 just died, and there is not a PS4 in this state right now, used yeah. or used or brand new. So oh, we, I found a guy. Don't worry. We we found a guy. Anyway. I found a guy. So pick it up. <laughs> pick it up. So he's like, "Fine, let's go." So we go into this place, and it's actually pretty effing cool. Like they got freaking. You walk in, there's some there's some WWF or WWE figures. You got freaking all kinds of other figures. There's a you mean little tiny comic comic book section. Yep. And there's just there's just games. Freaking, you got all kinds of systems. They've got a freaking setup where each system has like a TV. You can kind of try out a game before you get it. Awesome. They even just, they, um, they even had an old school like uh, like '90s television to hook up uh, like older generation systems so they would look good. Because if you ever hook you up like a '64 to a flat screen, <laughs> it looks like dog shit. So they had older TVs there, and um, this is when I sold you out. Yep. Yep. Sure did. Dude, uh, dude, I'm. Uh, I'm well, gonna... This mug right here. We're going through the comic books, and he runs. He runs across the Saga Three. Yeah. Apparently, that's worth a pretty penny, from what I understand. Eighty. Eighty bucks. Oh wow! It, yeah. It was. He, they had it for three bucks. And before what? I could, before I could slide in on the slide, Josh <laughs> is like, "You're gonna want to reprice this, man. This is not where this this is this comic book is worth <laughs> way more than three bucks." And I'm like, "This son of a bitch." <laughs> I if it had been an ex- I have literally I Colin I have literally texted him as soon as I saw freaking X Men two forty four the first appearance of Jubilee freaking forty five bucks uh-huh. freaking in hand I could have got it for myself but nah I, I I know how much it meant to him and I was like you know he, here you go yeah freaking I texted him. And like he ended up calling the guy. I put a customer. I put a, Muse I put a and customer had to put on it hold. in his box and wait for him. <laughs> yes. 
Your priorities, Joshua. <laughs> no, no. Here's the, the thing. At the end of the day, he can he can he can help me up with a three dollar comic book worth eighty bucks. See, I wasn't thinking. All I thought was, there's no fucking way Tony's gonna like Saga, and these people need to know the price of something they have. Um, I really oh, thought sure. there's no way you'd like Saga. It's a really weird space opera, and uh, if it was a, give it a shot. if if it was a, an Excalibur, if an X book, anything I thought you would have remotely remotely liked, I would have said, "You're buying this right now. Don't ask questions. We'll talk. I'll tell you afterwards." That's what would have come out of my mouth. But it didn't. It did not. Anyway, so I'm making... We're, we're, all, we're all the kind of guy that's going to... I mean, I know Always. what you're talking about. But I, we're all the kind of guy that's going to egg each other on to buy something in that moment. Oh, we're yeah. just going to be like, oh, my God, what is... I got to get this thing. I got to get this, don't I? I mean, well, you were the there when I bought all those Quasar issues, you know? Yeah. The fun <laughs> part is earlier. Because, like, I did, we didn't mention this. On the way, on the way down to Lubbock... For, like in the middle, in the midst of all the BSing we were doing, for some <laughs> reason we looked up the first appearance of Strife. Like it had just come up in casual conversation. Yeah, yeah. Like for for no real reason. And I was like, and I was looking through all those those freaking uh, New Mutants. I had wandered off, and I looked at Josh, and I was like, real quick, what was that freaking first appearance of freaking Strife again? He's like issue eighty seven, and freaking so I, I, I duck around him, freaking three. He runs, he runs three to it. issues. <laughs> <laughs> three issues of it. They have three comics. I give Josh the first opportunity. He did. He like, gave me the first opportunity you, for the, for the more expensive, want? better one. He did, but I was more concerned about those wizards in the back. I wish I had grabbed it because I guarantee he'd let me have it. Um, yeah. But so literally two hours later, nothing. Uh, okay, okay. I'm making it up to him, and I'm making it up to him. I remember, remember, you were with me at Half Price Books when, uh, when I found four uh, Wolverine Origins number. Uh, it was either what, ten or eleven. Oh, sure. Uh-huh. Uh Was it ten? First, I think you said. Dude. I think you said ten previously. Yeah, it, it was ten. Uh, first appearance of Dakin, uh, or Dakin. I don't oh. know how you pronounce it. I bought. Oh. I bought them all. Remember, <laughs> they were all like a dollar. Anyway, so uh, we've learned a couple. He things. didn't. He didn't rat anybody out then. No. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I, I bought them all. Uh, they were actually kind of dirty. Uh, like, well, two of them are dirty. Two of them are pristine. I all I had to do was clean up the clean it up with a uh, rubber uh, a rubber kneaded eraser, and they they were still perfect. They'd never been red. Uh, I think they were just in someone's garage, but I, uh, I'm making it up to him with the first appearance of Dakin, and I have four, uh, I have three issues of Spawn Number One. He's getting one of them, including, and he's getting one that doesn't have the, the price tag on the front, not the price tag, the, uh, the barcode on it. It's, he's getting a direct edition for free. He's getting those two and whatever the hell else he finds in my fucking bin that I that he likes that I don't want. Also, I told, I promised you, I would give you that the the issue of uh, Superman that I have number one, where it's like the Asian Superman. Oh, uh, Chinese Superman. Yeah, Chinese Superman. If you, it's if it's in, it's in, it's in <clears throat> one of those boxes. But if you if you can find it, it's yours. So I'm I'm washing my hands clean of this one. I was only thinking <laughs> of the fact that he it's wouldn't. A, it's that it's that Catholic guilt. It, oh God damn it! It is it is the Catholic guilt. It is the Catholic guilt. Whatever. Every time, every time. But <laughs> we 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 take some wonderful photos. These the people there at Found Games were absolute class acts. He really just wanted to like. It's one of those things like like 
uh, I told him before we started the the, the gimmick uh, of the the road trip is that you walk into a venue with this camera or something similar on your neck, everyone assumes you know what you're doing. That's <laughs> yeah, a big difference between that and an iPad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Well, the iPad's still pretty expensive, but even then, like uh, the the well. The guy, we've been meeting a lot of individuals that see two guys that are talking out loud, not giving a fuck who's listening because we already got permission to film and we're on a mission. Like, it's it's one of those things, and I'm sure you've gotten this before, Colin and Mr. Morales, that we walk with a purpose. Like, you walk like you're in, you got somewhere to go. Like yeah, you got to do that everywhere. It's yeah. the only way you can be taken seriously yeah. as an adult. Yeah, we're we, we we're on a mission, and we we've been stopped multiple times uh, where what are you guys doing? And then like or a wrestler will see that like you know they can't be bothered but then all of a sudden there's a camera in their face like yo I'm this person come buy my merch. Like oh yeah thank you that's exactly what you should fucking do. Put yourself over there's a fucking camera in your face. Um, Regardless if they knew what we were doing or not. And we got to go to this great store. They had a Nintendo Power Glove. I was like, listen. Um, oh! That, that, like, Wait, I saw that picture. I uh, saw that picture. Can we, uh, if you don't mind, uh, I'd like to get a photo of, uh, of, of you, you guys as the owners, but let's, can we put that Power Glove in Mr. Morales? And Because uh, I'm not going to let him hold my camera. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but, but in all seriousness, he's not kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't let him drive, so it's okay. Yeah, we uh, we got some great photos. Unfortunately, there was uh, nothing that we. There was a couple of like PSP games. I uh, I'm sorry, vi- uh, movies I would have bought if I hadn't just spent like so much money elsewhere. And then we're leaving the store. I remember we're in the store. Uh, like no, we were we were le- in uh, the last comic book store, and I've got my Apple Watch on, and it's buzz buzz buzzing, and I'm busy filming, so I'm not looking at that shit. And I remember it buzzing a bunch of times while I was, uh, we were in the video game store. And then we get in the car, we're headed to the venue, and I look over and I'm like, I just missed a call from Rick. And you're like, I just missed one too. And you, you call him, he's like, hey, Tony's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, alright, uh, we're, we're right down the road, we're about to pull up. And he's like, yeah, the show already started. Motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> But the the best part as a, rule, was, as a rule of thumb, a wrestler should always be at the venue. Try to be there two hours before bell time. Correct. But as a, as as a rule of thumb, <laughs> so we, we we did not make two hours before bell time. No, we were there but, twenty minutes after bell time. But even then, like, luckily it was a free show. It doesn't count. Yeah, agreed. But even then, like, the real person who was at fault was Lil. Because she knew that we were on our way there. She knew that we were fucking around at comic book stores and probably some other bullshit. Probably got distracted by something. And she didn't fucking call us. We like shiny objects. Yep, we totally do. It was her fault. We got there, She we blamed it on her. She said, fuck you, yeah, it's my fault. No, she's, just, she's just a wonderful soul. I fucking love that woman. And she hands us our goodie bag. She made, a, like, she made us cookies. She made us Minefield stickers. We got these wonderful shirts. I pop off a bunch of photos right off the bat. Tony all of a sudden realizes he's up. <laughs> well, it's time to fight. It's time to fight. Pretty much. Time to fight. Like, they had five minutes to play in the match. Yeah, we didn't even need it. Ah, it was a wonderful barn burner, man. Like, it, like you guys could have shit the bed the whole time, but you betraying your tag team partner was fucking awesome. Always good, always good. Now, 
During yeah, he had it coming. He did. Now during said match, there's this like drunk Mexican or just really really tan dude. Uh, he's like, "Fuck you, Morales. Fuck you. You're a fucking pussy." Like when you hear the footage, like because I'm like two feet away from this guy, and I'm like, I, I gotta, you know, just keep the camera steady. Fuck you. Fuck you. You never leave your fucking partner. Fuck you, you fucking pussy. I mean, he was going nuts. <laughs> he was going nuts, and I get this fucking light bulb over my head, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to this gentleman after after the match. As soon as the bell rings, and I realize that nothing else is going on, and I can't keep filming because, unfortunately, uh, a freak accident, uh, Mr. Damien did hurt his back, but not too bad. Um, but uh, I tapped him on the shoulder. Hey, I need to talk to you. And it was super loud. Everyone's screaming. He's still screaming, fuck you, Tony Morales. And... Um, I tap him on the shoulder, and yeah, I tap him on the shoulder, and uh, he looks at me like, because he was, you know, like drunk assholes like that always imagine, you know when someone taps him on the shoulder, they're either in trouble or something else, and um, tap him on the shoulder, super loud, I point at my camera, I point at the microphone, and I tell him to come here, and um, he doesn't even know this, <laughs> uh, but uh He's like, what's going on? Uh, everything all right? I'm like, no, no, no. Do you, you hate Tony Morales? He's like, I fucking hate that guy. And I'm like, cool. Great. That's awesome. I'm going to film you. And when I say go, I want you to tell me wh- how much you hate Tony Morales. He went off for two and a half minutes about how much of a piece of shit, pussy, like, like he, he used every word except the, 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 the big capital F word. He might as well had. But when I was done with him, I was like, okay, cut. And he, I was like, well, go ahead and sit down, brother. Well, uh, the funny thing was, uh, not like hour later, uh, motherfucker uh, decides he wants to get involved in one of the matches. And, uh... Oh, no, dude. Ejected. And I am... Uh, it's it like we said it earlier, kismet, kismet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I got that motherfucker on camera being like, oh dude, he was, he was, he was. I don't. What I, was his beef? What was his problem with him? Dude, it, it was it, like it was honestly kind of like a mixture of a few different things. I think it was a mixture of a lot of bad life choices. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't think he was that drunk. I'm sure he had a couple uh, enough to be really rowdy. But what it really, what it really, it was the story. Well, the story is what got him, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it, the story really did get him. But the other yeah, thing that right. it reminded me of was uh, all those years of living in Oklahoma City and going to millions of metal concerts. Uh, and and this is not. No, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and say it is. Like when you're when you waiting tables and you get like this person that looks like this, uh, in this demographic, you know how the story's gonna go. <laughs> um, whether or not black, white, straight, gay, like there's a like people will have a specific intonation to their their tone and specific words they use in their common vernacular of how they speak to a stranger or just in public in general that this is how the story's going to go and that guy that guy filled in all of the things that reminded me of all the drunk native dudes when you're in line waiting to get into a metal show it's like three o'clock in the afternoon the show starts at six and they've been there since two and 
They're in there, dude. I know you're cutting me off, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm just like I, be I'm, very careful, I'm, dude. I'm, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not. This is just how it is. It's not every single one, but this is something that's a consistent thing that happens at metal shows in Oklahoma City uh, or Oklahoma in general. Like you get there early, there's a drunk Indian dude, a native dude, Shawnee, chocolate, whatever, uh, drunker than a motherfucker. And he's already louder than a than a fucking TNT fucking cap, man. And this guy was that way, looking and hating on Morales. And I was like, I want to get this guy on camera. He loses it. We get him on camera, and it was perfect. And uh, he, <laughs> he got, lost it more on camera later. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, it was great. Got kicked the fuck out. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, he ended up he ended up jumping in the ring and freaking in another match. And freaking Bobby V freaking ended up stomping a mud hole in him until freaking security had to pull his freaking limp carcass out of there. Was it was it walked, out of the building? Was it walked dry, sir? Oh, it was definitely walked dry. Oh, I love that sort of thing, man. Yeah. But uh, so that happens. I finally get a chance to set up my uh, all of my my camera equipment, green screens, and it just became a wonderful plethora of you now. You, uh, Gypsy Mac was a wonderful. Like I love taking photos of that girl. She wants, she knows how to play ball. From she's she's not green green, but she's she at least knows how to play ball. Um, I got some, like the the dude in the ninja costume. I forgot his I forgot the gentleman's name, but he never took his mask off. And uh, a rogue. Like, yeah, rogue. And he's like, I'm not good at this. And I'm like, that's because no one has told you how to do it. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I can't see anything about you other than your eyes. So what we're going to do is we're going to pose you like an action figure. And you're going to look in different directions. Like, whatever you're looking at, you hate with all your fucking might. And, oh, you saw the photos, Colin. Um, yeah. Yeah, we got, um, man, uh, there, there was so much. I, I filmed a few more matches. Um, but... Man, I my I could barely walk after that. My feet were hurting so bad, even with insoles. Tony was, of course, going around. Everyone loves the shit out of Tony backstage. We saw a lot of people we loved. I didn't see anyone I hated. Every it was a great locker room. Um, we didn't have to go find our money. Our money found us. Exactly like I promised. It was it was great. It was great getting that that Gransky. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and uh. We stop at Whataburger, and then <laughs> shit. We, we never stopped. It was ridiculous. Oh, Jesus, man. <laughs> we ended up freaking. We ended up. We get Whataburger. We order our food. Freaking Josh, to his credit, covers me. Freaking. We sit down. Well, and on, a good hold, ten, hold on, hold on, a good don't, ten minutes passes. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Like we're doing the the standard like. You paid for gas last time. I paid for food this time. Just no questions asked. No monetary value ever exchanged. Just like you got the last one, I get this one. It's it, that's how the road works. And uh, and it was it had nothing to do with whether or not I was spotting you because I'll spot you whenever I got the cash. regardless, because I love you, man. And uh, but please continue because I, I I'm pretty observant, but I didn't observe this. So we're, we're we're sitting there about ten minutes, no big deal. Freaking, I look around, and there's about five to six tables of people, all sitting there, all waiting, but nobody has their food yet. 
Not even someone that is finishing their meal. Yeah. Like, everybody is sitting there. I look around. Freaking, it is literally a crescent moon around the building of cars in drive through And I'm just like, ah, oh, crap. Like, I, I, try to, I try to keep it low-key. Because, like, I don't know how many other people have realized this yet. I'm sure they have. But I'm, I, I, talk, I look to Josh, and I'm like, nobody here has food. And he, and he looks around, and he's like, you're right. Crap. <laughs> so freaking people end up like, I think it was a good, legitimate, probably... An hour. Th- yeah, it was an hour total, but I'd say probably a good 30 to 40 minutes before we even got our meal. And that was after several people went up there and complained... Freaking oh my people, gosh. people were coming people from were, outside. People, people were leaving. People came in from outside. We had a couple of door dashers. Freaking whole nine. Fuck and freaking, I'm just like, you know, freaking, I'm like, okay, we're I'm like, we're already paid, so we're gonna we're gonna almost like we'll eat our freaking we eat our burgers and we'll hit the road. We eat the fries in the car, whatever. Because it's already like I think the show ended at probably around ten. You know, saying goodbyes, getting paid and whatnot. We're out of there probably ten thirty, ten forty-five ish. We ended up freaking getting to the getting to Whataburger, having to go back to the venue because Josh left his cup. And we had to get the cup. My yeti. We're gonna be back there for four months. Every we should we go back to the restaurant. We freaking order, and I'm like, it's probably between ten fifty and eleven o'clock at this point. And it I'm was. Like, oh, it, it was. Okay, okay, uh, I actually pulled up the photo because you're like, you're that guy because you went in to fill up your goddamn Dr. Pepper and I'm taking a photo of Whataburger to make everyone jealous. It was 11.28 p.m. when we were halfway through our meal. She, okay. That's the timestamp. So yeah, we, we, so probably, we probably hit the road probably 11.45 midnight at the latest. I forget, Josh is over here being overly nice to the staff. Like, you know, thank you, we totally understand, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Let's just go before you get us stabbed. Because this is Lubbock. <laughs> and nobody else here is freaking, you know, got more than three brain cells between a lot of them. She was the, we were the only, like, of all the people, uh, because I just, I just went up to make sure that one of the bags they had there wasn't our order. And she's, oh, I'm sorry, this isn't your order. I'm like, that's no problem, man. You guys are doing a really good job. Uh, I appreciate you. Take your time. Sit down. We were the only one that she brought her food, the food out to. Yeah, you're not wrong. And uh, it was delicious. Whole time I'm just like, we're gonna get shot. We're gonna get shot. And we're gonna we're gonna die in a water burger. Just just like my uncle Tino. Jeez. <laughs> freaking uh But yeah, we ended up hitting the road after that, freaking um whole time I'm just like you gotta be like oh. You know, it just kinda is what it is. Freaking, you know, not the not the best situation, by far not the worst. Definitely we didn't storm out of there swearing or freaking tra- threatening to run over somebody in the parking lot so not too bad no we made it home safe and sound ski we got back we left uh we left uh colorado we left at eight o'clock that morning we got back at uh six o'clock the next morning no we got back at seven thirty. Oh, was it jesus yeah no 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 we got back at six forty-five. my head hit the pillow at seven twenty. nice yeah yeah, I freaking got in, take a shower, freaking pass the fuck out. We'll go up like five hours later. Dude, I did the same thing, man. Like, I, I thought I'd wake up like at 7, a, uh, 7 p.m. and I woke up like at like 2. I'm like, fuck, I'm awake. What day What day was this? Sunday. This is Saturday. Saturday and Sunday. Saturday to Sunday. I was working. 
it was it was fun, but it was ridiculous. It was the epitome. You got of a lot of content, a, though. A lot of content, all 100% limit pushing. Uh, got a lot of great film. Got a lot of great copy. A lot of great comics. A lot of goddamn the comics we got and and Wizard, we will like. I'm determined. I'm determined. We will keep you in our hearts and. Thank you for all the that thoughts and prayers. Thought, no thoughts and prayers. <laughs> prayer. Well, how do you say thoughts and prayers and steal your ideas and make it better? <laughs> we're gonna poach your ideas. Is what we're gonna do? Yeah, but we're we, we're we're putting the legwork in, and it was just it like you you drove uh, the the photos I got are just ungodly good. I'm so fucking proud of these fucking photos, man. Rick Rick didn't know what he paid for. And you know, just like the the remember when we first became team uh for hitting the road, remember the te- the, the the ethos was, you know, we split everything and uh package deal and um that's how minefields works and that's how we're always going to work, man. And, uh, I posted the other day this uh stupid bullshit about how much I love Detroit Rock City and if you don't have friends like that, you need to fucking find them. Because life ain't worth it unless you ain't got that sort of thing, man. And we got wrestling. Yeah, that's a good show. We got wrestling and comics, but uh, we've gotten pretty far. Do you guys need to take a little break, Ski? It wouldn't hurt. <clears throat> yeah. Don't don't yeah. stop don't yeah, stop recording. Do the comics, don't stop. No, recording. don't stop recording. Just mark the time. We're believing. Or I'm gonna write down the time. You gotta write it down for fifty-seven and like like fifty-seven minutes is when we should start looking at it. Cool. All right, let's get. We'll come back in a second. Go. Oh. So we are still recording, but I didn't really have to pee. I'm Joshua Michael. I'm going to talk about my two best friends here. Colin, I met a couple years ago reading a Don comic while I was dating a girl he used to date. She said, you guys are going to be best friends. Didn't believe her. said, fuck you, fuck that guy. And uh, next thing you know, he's my best friend. Meet Mr. Morales here. You guys don't understand how important it is to have such good people in your corner like this, but it takes a long time to find them. You really have to have faith in yourself. You really have to have faith in the work you put into life. And next thing you know, you're doing a kick-ass podcast. You're making comics. You're doing photos. You're running things. And you've got two of the best guys that you've ever encountered. Hey, how's it going, brother? What are you talking about? I'm just blah, blah. I'm just doing some uh, song lyrics there. Ah. Ah, we're all back. 
We're back. We are back. 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 Let's what start. the hell just going on? We've got some we've got some heavy heavy comics to talk about today, so we're gonna start. Yeah, we need to get into it. We're gonna start on the little uh we're gonna start on the light side here. Let's start out with Robin. <laughs> Alright, so we need to sound sync back in? Nope. No? Now nah, we're good. I'll figure you it out. You don't need to see it? No. On the... I'll figure it out. There is enough of a blank space, don't worry about it. Alright, we're back at an hour and twenty seconds and three, two, one. There you go. I wanted to do it. I wanted to sound sync clap. Screw you guys. I wanted to sound sync clap. I wanted to. We all wanted to clap. Well, take point on this, uh, Mr. Tony Morales, because one thing I because I'm gonna immediately I see the original Wolverine font training day with Raza Ghoul. It is actually yes. I never thought about that. But yeah, do you remember last time Mm -hmm. uh, we ended the last issue with? Uh, Connor Hawk, son of Green Arrow, throwing Robin, son of Batman, to his death over a cliff. But somebody saved him, and we don't know who. So this issue starts out with a a manga-inspired image of two children, two school-age children. They are um, well, they're in art class, and one of them is drawing a self-portrait. And the the, the female of the group is like, can I see... She's, and he's like, it's a work in progress, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, what kind of brush are you using? And we look at it, and it's a picture of Damien, but it's, it's carved, and all the, uh, all the markings are slashes and blood, and we find out that he's painting with a batarang. Now, and, we find out, and we find out that it's a dream. Now, before you turn the page, this is something that really pissed me off. It reads left to right. Manga should read right to left. Like I, I honestly, Ooh, the second yeah. the second I saw this page, because I've been reading the sh- dog shit out of Shonen Jump now, uh, is I started reading it left to uh, right to left, and then I had to stop and reread it. And like, and I, the first thing that popped in my head was there's. The artist was probably arguing for the correct way to do manga, and then there was some fucking suit that said, "No, they're not gonna know how to read it. They're not gonna understand." They, like this is totally one of those instances where some fucking suit uh, fucking said no and flipped it. And I hope a lot of other people did the same thing. And I also hope that the artist and writer listening is being like, "Yes, yes, we couldn't say it because we get fired." Anyway. Sorry, I had, to, I, had, I had to interject that. Uh, as a guy that doesn't read a lot of manga, I never noticed. That's no problem, man. If you, like, it's not something you, it wouldn't. If it's not in your wheel well, it's not in your wheel well. It's not a big deal. No, I, I'm trying to think of any. I'm, I've definitely read some. I can't think of what it was. I, but uh, yeah, oddly enough, it you just you just get used to it. I think you just get used to it. But it is weird when you realize you're supposed to read it, and it doesn't flow that way. It may, it, the, one, it's one of the best parts about reading manga. Like, um, back when uh, Shonen Jump was actually a physical print, um, hmm. early 2000s, I still have my first issue in the shrink wrap, by the way. It's, ah. worth, it's worth something, the American version. But um, hmm. every time you read it, and I still have this feeling... It puts you in a sense of state of mind where you're reading, you feel, when you're reading something special, because it's something hard to get, it doesn't go away. 
I love that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, Tony. I just had to interject. No, it's good. Kind of like the uh, I, being an American fan watching New Japan. You know, it's kind of it's different. It's different because it's a different style, but at the same time, it's a different because like not everybody else is watching. It's like your favorite indie band, basically. Yeah, for sure. Gotcha. So Damien wakes up being looked in the face by his pet Goliath, who he hasn't seen in quite some time, and he, he's he's obviously surprised. You know, he walks outside. He ends up realizing he's on another island based on where the sun is. And freaking he realizes he's on an adjacent island to Lazarus Island, which is where the tournament he's been invited to is taking place. You know, as he walks the corner, he realizes who saved him because he he automatically assumed it was his father. Right. And turns out it was actually his grandfather, Ra's al Ghul, who who he walks in on just meditating in this on this freaking gigantic rock in this island because apparently he's been hiding out ever since his last defeat to Batman and the Outsiders. And Damien's kind of like, you know, how you, how are you going to tell me I need to stay away from the, the League of Lazarus when you're obviously working with them? You know, you're working with the League of Shadows, you're working with Hawk. You know what, you know, why should I have to listen to you when obviously the rules don't apply to you? And he ends up attacking his grandfather. And his grandfather just coyly is like, you know, I'm sure you could kill me if you want to. But you're hurt. <laughs> you know, you got the crap kicked out of you. You can you you're not you're not the my grandson that, you know, could kill me. Which is really kind of a very interesting way to like look at this this grandfather grandson relationship. Cause like he he's well aware that it, you know, his grandson's trying to kill him. And it's it, at the end of the day he's just He's still trying to teach his grandson a lesson, which is really interesting to not, kind of have that that thought process back and forth. Not to mention the fact that Rachel Ghoul has never shown his cards that fast. Yeah. This this is a wonderful instance of grandpa and grandson. We we could have been best buds. Uh I was best buds with my grandfather, my grandfather <clears throat> Domingo, Grandpa Pingo. Um I had a uh, dude at work the other day. He was, uh, How was your weekend? Oh, I got to hang out with my grandson all weekend. You guys best buds? Oh, hell yeah, we oh, are. Sweet. Oh, hell yeah. yeah, we are. And th- there, nice. there's a little bit of a semblance here as much as it can. Yeah, he shows his cards, but he's not rolling over on his belly for Damien. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, no, and, and at the end of the day, he's still trying to teach him a lesson. You know, he's like, you know, you'll learn about, you'll learn about everything when you're ready. You know, until then, you're going to find nothing but misery. And we end up going back to Ravager, who's on the island looking, looking for Damien. And everybody's like, you know, hey, uh, you know, I haven't seen him. Hawk's like, you know, Hawk, the guy that threw him off the ledge, is over here talking about how he was killed by Raptor being resurrected. So I couldn't have done I, could, I didn't see him. Flatline, the, the, the girl that killed him in the first issue, is like, you know, hey, I haven't seen him since the party. You know, and, and freaking Ravager turns around and she's like, "Well, I don't want to do this, but I got to do this." And they're like, "You know, hey, you can't, you can't talk to anybody off the island." And we end up running into Respawn, <laughs> who seems to be kind of a, a, a I'd say, Deathstroke spawn hybrid, really. Deathstroke spawn, the design. Bloodsport, Deadshot, <laughs> uh, like 
like like the only thing that would have made it better was if like they had like drawn it the way Rob Liefeld would have drawn it in his worst days. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, do that. (laughs) But yeah, no, you know, talk about how uh, you know you're just trying to. What are you? What are you here for? What you know? Who do you? Who are you trying to impress? My dad. And she's like, you know, I've never even respond. Like, I've never even met your dad. You know, it's cool, but whatever. You know, and then she's talking about, you know, did you, you know, she she asked him strip, did you do something to Damien? And, she, you know, responds just like, hey, you know, if I, if I was fighting Damien, I'd have everybody watching what I'm doing to him. Nice. And she's, you know, nothing to do with Damien at all. And we turn around and we find out that the, because uh, I, I don't remember this initially, but the tournament does not begin until everybody has died at least once. That was just revealed, which made me fucking pop because that means there's a bunch of more rules that we don't know yet. Like, it, it, it reminds me of uh, what happened in uh, uh, the, the not Wave X, uh, uh, sort of, um, what was it? The the last X-Men story. Sword uh, 10? X, X of Swords. X Swords. Uh, and, uh, like, the rules were like, this is a tournament. And then, like, it's going to be to the death. And then the the, the bouts were, I don't think this is going to happen like that, where, like, hey, Doug Cipher, guess what? Your, your challenge, you're going to get married to a complete stranger. Come on down. But, like, they're, they're making rules up like fucking kids playing tag, and I dig it. It's Duchess Queensberry. <laughs> yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we find that out right before freaking Ravager gets killed by Respawn. And apparently we find out the Ravager was the only one who wasn't killed yet. So since she died, she'll be resurrected, and the, the tournament begins at dawn. And we go back to Damien, who's trying to hotwire his grandfather's jet <laughs> to, get, to get back to freaking the island and freaking compete in the tournament. And his, his grandpa is just like, you know, Rayshaw Gould is just like, I've got the keys right here. It's so much easier. And she and he's like, you know, I've got, you know, I might be hurt, but I'll have, I have enough strength in me to kick your ass. And Rachel Ghoul, you know, the head of the demon, is just like, you know, you you think you've got it all figured out, kid? Or you think all this all this fighting is physical? And he's like, just as much, if not more, mental than it is physical. Like you've got to train to be ready. You got to train your mind. You know, we go through a little montage of them doing freaking. What what appears to be chess, you know, talking about see not only seeing your move but your next move and your opponent's next move. You know, we see them working out on the beach together. We see them spearfishing, learning patience. That's something else. You know, we see them. We see them. We see grandfather and grandson cooking a meal over a fire together. And freaking, yeah, he he and he straight up asks, you know, what why what are you doing here? And he's like, you know, hey, you know, the outsiders and your dad beat me. I lost everything. I lost my empire. I lost my family. And then he's like, sometimes to win, you have to lose. Love it. And Damien just looks at him. He's like, I'm embarrassed for you. And freaking next thing you know, freaking he's over here trying to talk to his grandson about the reason he came out here. It was to look at the stars. Because the whole thing, the whole time that he's been doing this, you know, his mother would tell him stories about the stars. And then he would turn around and all he wanted, you know, in each year, there are fewer and fewer stars due to human 
interaction, you know, smog, mm. trash, yes, debris. And he's like, everything, you know, to your father, I've always been the villain. But all I'm trying to do is freaking, you know, save the environment and save the world. You know, so I'm, I'm not the villain. And he's like, you know, you need to learn, if you lean, uh, learn a lesson from me, be it this, you know, you could freaking, you know, all I see in you is so much turmoil. You know, why is a boy so young have, you know, why is your heart so full of rage? You know, he kind of, he, he kind of makes Damien, we see Damien thinking for a minute there. And Race turns around and he turns back around to look at his grandson and he stole the keys and he took off in the in the jet. <laughs> now, and he's the the. Oh, I just wanted like the, the stars are important. Um, on the way to the wedding a couple weeks ago, um, my homegirl called me and she had a bad night with her uh, her boyfriend and she she talked for about forty five minutes and she's like, why are you so quiet and I said stars and she's like you can see the stars I'm like they're everywhere can't see them from where we are. And she's like, take a picture. Like, it was a shitty iPhone photo, but like, the stars mean something 100%. Um, not to, do, I'm not, do, I don't want to derail you. I'm just saying, like, there's, there's so many little things that pop in my head here. Uh, the, the, the look of just the, he's barely teen. He's like, how old were you when, how old were both you guys when you started feeling that anger? 14, 15? He's barely 13. Barely 12. He, he's tiny. And he's being a disrespectful little shit, and we're seeing the soft hand of Rachel Ghoul. I have I've read a million Batman comic books. I have never seen him smile. I have never seen him have that double sided Seth Rollins shield haircut. Um, but uh, he should have gotten the shit slapped out of him for that. You're an, you're embarrassed mm-hmm. for you. That like. My, yeah, and Rache could have done it because Damien's hurt. He you know, there's no doubt in my mind. He could have done it. Rache had a hundred. Damien at a hundred percent would have a you know a, and a battle with Rache Al Ghul. Hundred percent. Freaking, you know, if he's freaking rocking around right now at thirty percent, he's easy pickings. Mm-hmm. And freaking, you know, at the end of the day, Rache is still trying to instill values in Damien, whether he wants to take them or not, which is a really interesting thought process. For a guy like Rachel Ghoul, you don't see that side of him. No, you don't. Especially when we turn the page from the picture of the, the wonderful uh, digital watercolor, uh, and we see the crazy lunatic face of Rachel Ghoul, and then right under it is the the hesitant smile and the the decorative necklace and the rags for clothes. Like, what a great parallel! Literally parallel. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We see him taking off, and Goliath wants to go after him, but he's like, Rage stops him, and he's like, you know, my grandson's a demon. He's a detective, and he's he's greater than both. You know, we end up seeing Damien follow, uh, go to Corto Maltese, following some ninjas, oh, wow. let's say, looking for uh, they're exchanging a box for uh, for a you know a book for immortality basically. And they're they're giving away the the secret of immortality for this with whatever's in this box. And freaking, yeah, we turn around. Damien's following them, and then we find out who Ravager called because the group of people he she called to grab Damien are uh, following him, and they end up missing him. And we turn around. The final page 
is the Bat Family. We've got Nightwing, we've got Red Hood, we've got Tim Drake, and we've got Spoiler following him. Wonderful. Talking about how they're gonna they're gonna take him home. And that's how we end up ending it. And next issue is going to be Robin Reunion or Rumble. One out of ten. Let's get a let's get a uh, let's get a uh, let's 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 bring the rankings back. <laughs> I'm gonna give yeah. this one. I'm gonna give this one a solid seven. Oh, dude, this like solid seven in terms of like execution, a hundred percent. Solid seven in terms of the artwork was amazing, <clears throat> but I would say it's a solid eight for the repercussions of everything. Like there was so much going on here. Like you remember your grandpa? Like like there there yeah. was there was all these little things. There's like describing DC to Marvel fans. Fall Day Fred is X Men and Fantastic Four. They're not gonna get it. Like, yeah. what, what do you mean? Like, you guys talk about emotion. Like, we're here to kick some ass, and the right guy showed up at the right time. <coughs> yeah, but the the right thing that showed up at the same time was a, for, a former pet. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah. No, was, you're not wrong, though. Freaking the, uh, the relationship between a grandson, and especially a young grandson, and his grandpa is vitally important. Freaking, that's probably the... Uh, Person my my son loves most in the world is his grandpa. I agree, man. It, like like it, I brought it up earlier. I remember my my best friend when I was growing up. Since I can was conscious, was my mom's dad. Yeah. Uh, that rosary that uh, every time it jingles too much when I drive and I grab it, that was the rosary I got at his funeral. I have been to two, three different uh, totaled cars to get that back. But it, it's important. There's there's emotional value here. Um, clout. We're, we we're building suspense on a, on a different on an emotional wavelength, not just like oh Jesus, we've waited what like seven years for them to say Avengers Assemble. <laughs> it's like yeah. ten. It was ten. No, it wasn't ten. First, I guess you're right. I'm thinking the first Avengers movie was twenty twelve. Yeah, there's a couple. I'm thinking of uh, tacking on those 2008 movies as well. Now, uh, I want to do a quick interlude before we get to some Star Trek. Um, Also, one thing I want to bring back is to we've just finished that comic book, and this wonderful work of art was written by Joshua Williamson, Jorge uh, Corona artist, Luis Guerrero. Colors, uh, ALW's Troy Pateri, letters, Gleb Melikov cover, uh, Francis Manipul variant cover, and those are the people that matter to most to me, and the editors are cool, that's fine, but I'm not going to talk about them. Um, want to bring up Teen Titans Academy, number five. We are balls deep in the origin of Chupacabra. Uh, you, Remember from last issue that the uh, what, what did they call the, the the bat pack? The bat pack, yep. The bat the bat pack. The bat pack. <clears throat> we, we we get the origin of the bat pack. In the last issue, we see that they're just a bunch of fucking marks that really like Batman, and they're trying to figure out who the hell Red X is. And uh, 
it, this starts out with the origin of, uh, of how they came to be. They were orphans. Um, Chupacabra <laughs> broke out. Nightwing found him. Like, hey, you broke out again. We got to take you back. Uh, the orphanage is run by an evil uh, fucking asshole that is selling the the kids to an evil scientist that <clears throat> turns into another version of the man bat. By the way, and uh, as they're about to die after he's infected uh, young uh, Chupacabra, who they were hiding in the uh, this gentleman's uh, not gentleman this evil bastard's uh, office. When this evil scientist comes in, comes in, I need another one. Well, take this one. And he, Chupacabra pops up and he's like, oh, I'm him. Aren't I him? Wink, wink. I'm a problem child. You want to get rid of me to the uh, orphanage runner? Oh, yeah, this is the guy you're looking for. Uh, he takes the place of someone that was supposed to be taken and be experimented on. He gets the, uh, the injection and this is going to hurt a lot. And he wakes up, and uh, his uh, his two buddies that were in the orphanage with him, that are in Teen Titans with him now, that aren't powered, by the way, uh, try to save him. Nightwing shows up with a dog whistle, blows the dog shit out of this uh, other man-bat's ears, and I don't know if it's someone I should know. that If, if it's someone that you do know, Tony, uh, please sound off. But, uh, yeah, I don't. I haven't seen. I haven't read the issue yet, so I'm not sure. It's another guy that has a man bat in him, and uh, Nightwing shows up, blows the whistle, and hey, you guys showed remarkable courage. Um, I have a different place for you. Takes him to Teen Titans Academy, and uh, Chupacabra decides he's Chupacabra that night, and is he? He's he's a slowly his. Whatever happened to him, whatever injection that happened to him is going to continuously evolve. He's the the albino mohawk fohawk kid. Pretty much has my haircut except shorter. And uh, there, it looks better. Yeah, it does. And uh, fucker. Um, in walks Red Hood, not Red Hood, uh, Red X. He heard the whole fucking story. Mm. And he said, "I believe in you guys." And these guys are using you. What do you mean? What war are you fighting? Don't know. You have any enemies in this war? No. So, you don't belong here. You're obeying everything they tell you to do. Blindly. In a war that's not your war. I have something better for you. Why don't you join my team? I would love to have you on my team. And they're just astounded. And he's like, you know, they're like, how, you know, wait, you know, why are you, why are you doing this? Why us? Because Nightwing saw something in you three. Now I see it too. And I want you on my team, not his. So this is my play to win you over. And he takes his mask off. We do not get to see him. And Chupacabra is no way. Puts the mask back on. Enjoy summer break. Think about it for a while. I'm out. Uh, in about 30 seconds, Nightwing's going to knock on that door. Uh, less than a minute, actually, is what he says specifically. And uh, I'll be waiting your answer to be on my team. Pops out the window. Immediately, less than a minute, Nightwing pops out. Great! Come with us. They're, they're, like, come up to the roof. And uh, there's this huge 
Supernatural-esque fireworks display. Congrats. End of the first term, guys. Congratulations. You did it. While they're walking up there. Should we tell them? Should we tell them? Oh, God. All the emotional connotations here. Red X just showed you who he is. Not only did he show you who he is, but he's someone we don't know who he is, but they know who he is and someone they can relate to. And now he's giving them the key. Think for your fucking self. And, um, but they're, they're haphazardly enjoying this fireworks display that I, I'm thinking, I, I was in their boots the whole time. Remember when we were talking about the different story, I was bringing it up. He was there. Um, I would have been the guy like, you know, I've read a lot of comic books, what happens when these sort of things happen. And, uh, the, at the end, uh, the good guy that saved the day after we should have done what we should have done in the first place was like, man, you should have told me, should have told me in the first place. Uh, that's what I'm feeling. But at the same time here, Red X, after what he did in Suicide Squad, I'd, I'd have, yeah. kept, I'd have kept my mouth shut. I don't know. There's something Mm. here, but especially with the vibration that like you could be part of like part of Red X team, you just fucked up the Suicide Squad. Um, we got something to think about here, dudes. Oh yeah, but the the thing is though, is freaking is Red X looking for freaking teammates, or is he looking for pawns? Thank you. (laughs) Exactly. Or we just left. does 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 he want a team, or does he want freaking victims or patsies? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I got on that one, guys. Um, it, it, that was such a fun issue because it was a bunch of kids doing what they feel is right. People that are just super marks. And uh, Tim Sheridan, writer. Steve Lieber, artist. Dave Stewart, colorist. Rob Lee, letterer. Uh, Rafa Sandoval and Alejandro Sanchez, cover. And uh, editor Mike Cotton. Um Colin, give us some Star Trek, man. Oh, the segue. Uh, let's see. Yeah, <laughs> Star Trek Year 5, issue number 22. Still incredible. Um, i got to say, you know, I'm hoping that this book doesn't just stop at issue 24 or something because it's a convenient number. That really but scared me when I finished it, it today. It, yeah, it really would make sense if that's what they do. Though I sure wouldn't mind it to continue as a year six or something, or if they wanted to do some stuff just following these characters into their next things. Uh, Star Trek Year Five, obviously, it's the five year mission coming to a conclusion, and we've been seeing hints of that, uh, you know, obviously for months reading this book. Uh, and, I mean, you know, I'd love to go into a bunch of beta canon stuff and tell you guys all about what happens in some of the novels to some of these characters between this this story and Star Trek The Motion Picture. But, uh, you know, I mean, Joshua, at a certain point, I would say whether... I don't know if you ever... Have you ever watched those movies? Have you ever watched The Motion Picture? I have. Yes, we've watched them. We've watched all of them together... Up until anything involved next gen. Oh, okay. What I'm saying is, like, when you when you look at these when you look at these books and you see any of the characters that aren't explicitly on the Enterprise in their uniforms, you're seeing, like, you see this this gal who's running for office that's not the Andorian. I mean, I'm not. That plot line has so little that doesn't hold my interest at all. 
Uh, this is all about the characterizations of our core cast members. Of course. To me. But um, and it's odd for me to not be interested in something when it comes to Trek. I'm just like, you know what, guys, that just doesn't doesn't do me anything right now. But um, because when you watch the movies, we see something completely different. So if they're playing the game of being canonical, uh, then, um, which I hope I didn't make that up as a word, it's canon. Um, that's, that's actually the word. Yeah, I don't know why that wouldn't work. Uh, then uh, I know, you know, we have a different president in that time period. So uh, whatever. The point I'm getting at is, like, it's really awesome to see people who are, are more connected to Starfleet's core at Earth wearing motion picture uniforms and seeing some of that TMP, the motion pictures era. I want those boots. Uh, technology and things like that. They've got the bio monitor belt buckle thing going on and they get the beige or the gray or the white uniforms yeah because uh, it was you know 60s 70s um yeah, the it was 70s, the 70s. Se- well, well 70s cartoon but um you know we're, we're using sec- a lot of secondary colors here mixed in with uh primary colors like they they clash yeah. they clash well, that was always, that was always the thing to. The, uh, the, uh, or the the original series was filmed in color, and, they, and Gene Roddenberry wanted to be super colorful. I don't know why they got away from that idea in the 70s, in 79, when the motion picture came out. Yeah, a, lot of, uh, a lot of secondary colors, like 70s, really, 80s, was, was always, like, where they used, where brown is, a, is, a, is, Just, a, is yeah. a color that is primary. <clears throat> not, not primary, like, literal, but, like, like, a lot of browns, oranges, yellows. Yeah. Greens. So I mean, it's, you know, uh, the story though is this. This issue was in particular very, very good. Um, you know, we're seeing off Bright Eyes, the Tholian child, to go to Starfleet Academy, which is fascinating. The Federation has consistently been at odds with the Tholians, and I think it's one of those. <clears throat> excuse me. They are far too alien for us to ever be able to rationalize them type of situations and even when you get into like deep space nine in the 24th century they still talk about the tholians like they're antagonistic but we never see anything happen during the dominion war that involves them so you know whatever but uh there's a fascinating little interchange between bright eyes and captain kirk and they're having this is a wonderful wonderful oh yeah this is a great scene uh it's a great moment for any time Captain Kirk in this series has been brought to, um, hey, I know who you are, Kirk. I know you, Jim. Like, can, can I read it? It's getting to the point where, e- yeah, it, it just second, yeah, it's getting to the point where even characters that they've only had on the ship for less than a year, like, get him. They understand who he is, and he's constantly finding it reiterated to himself in one way or another. And, uh, like, Dr. McCoy did it a while ago. Uh, Gary Seven has done it to him. Uh, Klingons have done it to him. Dr. Marcus did it to him in, in episode or issues bygone. What, what, yeah, what did, what did you like here? What, what, what particular lines were, are you thinking of Joshua? This, this reminds me of the, uh, the way they're lined up, because I'm not as familiar with Star Trek as you are, but I'm pretty goddamn schooled in it. Uh, the way everyone's lined up, the way they were lined up for um, Spock's death, you know, the shooting the mm-hmm. uh, photon torpedo out, or even 
when um this is an honor detail honor detail and like everyone's mm-hmm. in the right colors I, I like the way everything's spaced out but Kurt gets on one knees and we, we gotta like give a little bit of backstory here uh Tholian um yeah we've been at, they're they're definitely an enemy but we've retrieved a not really retrieved but he's a refugee yeah he's a rescue no he's a refugee yeah. He specifically. Oh, that's true. You're right. He specifically yes. asked for uh, um, what, what do you call it? Like political peace asylum. or as- asylum? And mm-hmm. uh, he has been instrumental in their success in the past, like four issues. And they're back in orbit on Earth. It's we're, we're, the the setting here is that the this is a the period at the end of a sentence, like the, the five year journey is over. Kirk is now has to surrender to being an admiral, which is, uh, I think the perfect way to put it, the perfect way to put it, like he, he doesn't want it. He doesn't want to leave the, the enterprise. Like this is too good. The, the same way that Riker could have been promoted to his own ship at the end of season one. Um, Mm -hmm. like, but he still stays because there's something special going on here. And we're seeing Kirk, uh, lead a ceremony even though they all know that this is the period of the end of sentence like I said a second ago and we're given the Stolian who is the first person of his race of his kind to be inducted into Starfleet and Kirk is on one knee a child who trusted the alien he he is a of a race that he witnessed a massacre by his people on his people and Kirk's on one knee, a child who trusted the alien. He he asked for asylum. A brave young being who saved my life. Two bright eyes in a dark sea of dangers and suspicions. It is my deepest honor here at the end of my journey to invite you to begin yours. And then we see all our key characters here. We got McCor- McCoy, uh, not McCoy, uh, Chekhov, we got Spock, Uhura, Scotty. Scotty definitely hates wearing his tartan. <laughs> yeah, welcome to Starfleet, Cadet. And the the even though, and this is this harkens back to what I was saying about taking photos of that ninja dude the other day. Uh, he, he they call him Bright as 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 his gimmick name, but that's basically his new name. And he's pinning, you know, the 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 badge. You're you're in Starfleet now, dude. Like this is this mm-hmm. is happening. Uh, you, you this you are worthy of it. You have proved yourself, and. Uh, and and I love the 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 way that the translator you know uh, dissects his his uh, his dialogue. I, I could not be prouder, yeah. Captain. I have lost so many things, same as you, family, friends, and safety. I would very much like to ensure no one suffers those losses again. And if they do, I hope to be there for them. What you were for me, my shard, when all else was shattered. That like I had to put the book down. Like I was just, like, just got to calm down. That was, that's one of the best things about Star Trek. It's one of the best things about DC. Yeah. It, it, at the same vibration, it's Avengers Assemble. But like, let's go break stuff. But like, <clears throat> when, when he says you're my shard, when all this is shattered, it, it, it's it's not just a, a a hokey like you know I love you. I'm gonna do so well. No, no. It's a it's a poetic way to say that what I'm gonna do is going to be better, but not because I'm better than you, but because you inspired me. And yeah. I, I can't wait to see that sort of thing. And uh, the, I'm sorry, I just had to... Like, I had, I, to put, I had to put the book down. Yeah, I take a little bit of this... I take that 
as as it is, I, I'm thinking about myself in my professional world a whole lot these days, and I have been for a while. And uh, you know, it's it's hard to ever think of yourself as being any more than just a kid. I think, uh, and it, you know, I'm middle aged, and I remember in Wrath of Khan, like that's what. Captain Kirk is, or Admiral Kirk at the moment, is concerned with. He's like, I'm middle-aged, you know? I have to wear glasses now. Uh, all of that stuff. I'm like, am I an adult? Have I have I morphed into an adult? I'm like, I have a career. I'm a parent. Uh, you know, I've got... Uh, I have my home, you know, for whatever it's worth in this dinky apartment and stuff. But, like, you know... I think about that kind of stuff all of the time, and I really appreciate the next segment here with Kirk saying, you know, you were far from home, and you may be farther away than you've ever been from anyone that your species has ever done, and uh, it's all right to be afraid, to be lost, and maybe scared, and, and uh, it's astonishing to see another character come at Kirk and say, you on your mission have been farther in the same way that I have. And, uh, you know, you, you never felt lost or afraid. Uh, you were so confident out there. And I think that strikes Kirk. Obviously that's the, that's what they were going for. It's just, it's a great character moment. It's a reiteration of something that really inspired me from issues past when, McCoy in the middle of a battle they were dealing with is like, Kirk, you're going to miss this. You know, Jim, you're never going to forget this. This is the most important part of your entire life. You're the right man at the right time in the right position. This is it for you, you know? And uh, he says, I know whenever the mission is over, I feel guilty because I'm not doing something. You know, I, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing something and it's, it's a huge it's a huge piece. There's been so much to learn from this title. This is, I think, the best Star Trek comic books I've ever read. This is so character-oriented and narrative-heavy. And then just to flip out of this page and go to the next page and see the see Space Dock, and I'm like, what a clash of technologies. Like, we did not see this thing in the original series, but how long would it have taken to build this thing? And I'm like, IDW and the editor of this book and the writers of this book and the artists of this book have just constantly got things right. It's so fascinating to see original series era starships that are like the main point of the fleet moving around with Miranda class ships and other stuff. Can you? And then we shoot past. Sorry, yeah. Can you imagine mm-hmm. the job interview at IDW? Oh God, dude! I, I would like this. IDW was interviewing me to run some Star Trek. I'd be. I think I'd, I have a good idea for I'd Star Trek. Um, yeah. Okay, so what did you think about this? It's not just that bullshit. Uh, you know, do you, you know what planet? It, what planet is uh, Chewie from? Kashyyyk. Okay, that's easy. Yeah. But <clears throat> like, I imagine uh, an interview. At IEW, if you're trying to do Power Rangers, you're trying to do Ninja Turtles, uh, it's going to be a four-hour, like, quiz. And if you don't pass at 98%, you're fucked. Get the fuck out. I mean, it's, we want nothing I to think, do with you. 
I think everything's a team effort, though, because at the Agreed. very least, I mean, you've got, an, you've got a writer and you've got an editor that's working on the book. I'm not you, saying you've it's got not. a huge microscope you're on. I'm, I'm not you saying it's not. Faithful. Yeah. All I'm saying is is that the people that are running and editing these comics are making goddamn sure that they know the lore, the the mystery of the lore, the ancient hieroglyphs of the lore. Uh, mm-hmm. read the books that everyone hates um, they want to know it all and how are you going to make it special yeah I mean, this is it right here you get to the, the to the uh, latter part of this book and you've got Kirk and Spock on the bridge and Kirk is inviting Spock to be the next captain of the Enterprise because he knows he's getting just ushered into the Admiralty because right. he's a success in like you know, you think about it. How many Constitution class ships were on five-year missions, and the Enterprise is the only one that's returned. They got destroyed, they got lost, or maybe they're still out there and they have yet to complete it. But the five-year mission program is a huge thing, and but uh, with Spock standing there saying, "I can't do it. I'm going to go study to uh, experience the Kolinar on Vulcan." That's just so incredibly deep, or uh, you know, Star Trek the motion picture. I'm giving up my. Why I don't want this to be over. I want, I want this book to keep going, and it's crazy. I remember reading the last full measure by Jeff Shara about the end of the Civil War, and you have all of these Confederate soldiers that just they don't want it to end. This is the most important thing they've ever done, and they they think that they're. They think that they're fighting for their new nation, and they think that they're fighting for themselves, and they think that they're fighting to stop armies that are coming to invade their home, let alone all of the other reasons that they have. And what it amounts to is you're reading this book, and I'm like, I can't, I don't know what I'm going to do when this series is over. I don't know what I'm going to do without these characters. I don't know what, and they're real people. Like, this is the same thing. Like, I don't want it to be over, but it's time. Time brings us to these endings you know we get to the end of a job i i'm always coming to the end of a job i'm always ending the the experience of having a crew working with me and more often than not i'm in charge of them and that's a very special place and so i don't know this book is just constantly made uh made really relevant points to me in my professional world and it's I, you know, I hope that this persists past, you know, issue 24, but I, I feel to. like they're going to come to a dramatic conclusion. And No, they're going to go to year six, year seven. They're going to figure yeah, it out. I'm they're... trying to find year four issues, whether it's this good or not, but uh, they're not easy to come up with. Well, the, the one thing I took from it was uh, reading issue 21. When Spock's like, no, I'm, uh, I'm going to do the ritual. I'm going to reject my human side. I'm going to reject emotion, and I had to think about it for a few minutes. Like, it took me a little bit to skew on it. Um, if you were just reading this and didn't know jack shit about Star Trek, you would think, oh, great, he's going to sacrifice the human side. That's not what's happened. At the time, he thinks it is. He he tells Kirk, you know, I gotta I gotta do what I can do. Uh, you're, but you you devoted your life to to Starfleet. No, I've devoted this chapter 
of my life to Starfleet. I live. I have lo- something to say about that, but I want I, you to carry on. I have a lot longer to live than you do, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go do this. Now, canonically, we know that he, later on, many years after where this comic is placed, he devotes his life to figuring out the human side. Or even even just in the the newer incantation of Star Trek, where he does lean into the human side, it's all about evolution. Just because he leaned in didn't mean he was gonna get rid of his human side forever. He's never gonna be able to get rid of that. That's one of the great parts of this, especially if you read issue twenty one, which he read a couple mo- uh, weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, where he just witnessed the uh, one of the biggest turning points of. Vulcan life was the expulsion of what it's come to be the Romulans after a nuclear blast and yeah. you know worried about like you know fucking with time I mean like we have time to worry about on those ones which always worry me like because it's always like 30 issues and you forgot where that's happening that didn't happen here uh, we, we, we got a really short sweet time travel story he managed to fix what he broke to make sure that what was supposed to happen was supposed to happen but he also got to witness what it was like to be a, a, a witness and a participant of one of the 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 cornerstones of what Vulcan life is based off and yeah he wants to go off to explore his Vulcan side do it man just like Kirk just put his head down he he didn't say no he he tried I mean like he, he put a little mm-hmm. bit into it but he didn't he didn't he didn't lose his shit on him. Like, when you see people that think that they know what is best for someone else. Like, he tried, he put his two cents in, and, and he wished him the best. And uh, we know where that's going to end, because we've read the books, and we've seen the shows, and where it's going to end. But I want I want to see Spock explore that, because we've seen him explore that. I know, I want to see it. Yeah. Well, I want to see him be a bastard. Like, like the, 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 the cold, uh, logical asshole that he can be sometimes. I mean, we get a little glimpse of it at the beginning of the, uh, of a few different stories, but, um, that's what I took away from that, and, uh, before I forget, writers, uh, Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, artists, uh, Stephen Thompson, inker, uh, Elisabetta D'Amico, uh, pages 17-20, uh, they don't say who inks the other pages, colorist, uh, Charlie Kur- Kuroff, Kirkoff, letterer Neil Uyuteke, and editors Uyuteke. Uyuteke, thank you. I didn't say it right, still. Editors uh, Chase uh, Marutz and Megan Brown. But what I gotta say, the art was the art has been spectacular on this run. There's been one or two issues where I'm like, why did it just change? It's like watching it. This is amazing. Yeah, it's really good. The the care the the like. The expressions, the characterizations. Oh man, I mean, they've really nailed the look of these folks. And then, uh, yeah, it's you know the technology looks fantastic. This is this is just the highest level work right here. IDW is where it's at for licensed material. Uh, flat out. I am like uh, throughout all the ads of uh, the comics I've been reading so far. Uh, We've got some hints of what's going on in X-Men, uh, Spidey, you know, with the uh, Sinister Six coming back. But this, but this Batman 89, you know, I'm popping. 
Like, they've got the, the gold around the black. We've got absolutely Michael Keaton um, with the Ooh, yeah. Can't Turn Your Neck Cal. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's DC written by Sam Sam Hamm, art by Joe Quijones. Return to the visionary world of the blockbuster films. Fuck yes. Uh, Tony, did you, like, what did you think when you saw these Batman 89? Ads? I haven't seen them yet. Freaking, see some of the the ads and whatnot. They look badass. Freaking them. Um, no, just I'm just talking about the ads. I'm just talking yeah, about the no, ads. No, the ads look badass. Uh, I, I can't. I mean, that's wait. always, you know, freaking growing up a child of the '80s. That was one of the first, you know, the first films that got me hooked. It, it, freaking it, that and the uh, the original freaking the uh, no, not the original Superman, but the '80s version of Superman. Right. Again with Chris Reeves, you know, late seventies, yeah. early eighties. You know, that was my jam back in the day. But like Batman was, oh, the first Batman was amazing for nothing, nothing better, man. I think I was like what, probably eight, nine when he came out. When I saw it in theaters, like I remember the theater I went to. I think it was in, uh, I think it was in Florida, at a broken arm, and that. I broke my arm the day before we went to Florida. Freaking, I fell off the tire swing. And like we were going to the beach all the time and all this. <laughs> and I had to walk around the beach as a nine-year-old with a freaking... Garbage um, bag wrapped around your a shit. Garbage bag wrapped around my freaking arm. Because I was that guy. <laughs> and freaking, I remember one of the highlights, the freaking, the uh, highlights of that trip was freaking, went down to see my, uh, my cousins. And I remember we went down there, freaking, uh, we saw Batman 89... We walked around. We play. We went to the beach a lot. I remember playing uh the original Mega Man on NES. Noise. Oh, wonderful. And freaking, you know, those are in the. I remember freaking out because we were in a in a uh, like a boat, and freaking um. My cousin pointed out there was an alligator coming, and I was all like, "Oh my god, it's an alligator!" Because he was older. And freaking, it ended up being just a freaking uh, piece of tree bark. Oh, little shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I saw, uh, we saw Batman 89. Uh, we just got back from England. And uh, we were, dad, we, we just left it our left our tour in, um, in Lincoln Heath. My sister was born in October 25th, 88. And um, we were there in New Mexico back home for a really long time while dad was training. But we... That Christmas was... I didn't see it in the theater. I remember it came out in the summer. And um, the only cup I would drink from was my all-black Batman Batman Taco Bell cup. Just, it I've just got a, Yeah, I've got a Batman cup like that. Yep. Having a lid and it's... No, mine is a Batman Forever mug. So no, no, it, it had a... The, the, the Taco Bell one had a flat black lid but it was mm-hmm. all black yeah. and had the gold Batman logo on it with the with the bat yes. signal on it and that was the only cup I would drink from for months. Um I remember getting the uh, uh later uh, I don't I don't remember getting Happy Meal toys for the original Batman but I remember getting them from the uh uh Batman Returns which was the least kid friendly <laughs> Batman Yeah <laughs> Batman my favorite Batman though. Yeah. Um God damn, that was like it was Taco Bell had it, McDonald's had it. It was it was it, it was just it was such a big deal because it like it was serious and it wasn't like I, I, 
the, the Richard Donner um, original Superman was serious, but it wasn't at night. It wasn't bloody. It wasn't Tim Burton. It wasn't cool car. No. It, it wasn't like... It was super cute because it had a sense of humor and stuff, and it was flirty, but, uh, yeah, it wasn't, work. it didn't have that noirish quality. Agreed. No, 100%. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, just real quick, I'm going to go into Marauders number 22. Um, mm-hmm. The Hellfire Gala just ended. We've got, We've got Sebastian Shaw Sebastian. demanding the love of his life being resurrected. She's a mutant. She was part of the Hellfire Club. Uh, she died in a sentinel attack. And the Sentinels showed up, and the Hellfire was in the midst of a hostile takeover from actual humans. And uh, once the Sentinel showed up, and Love's life was killed, uh, it was a bloodbath. All the humans were murdered. And it what should have happened to make sure that the mutants were still in control of the Hellfire Club. But it's years later, and Sebastian Shaw is like, I'm going to do this, but I want this woman resurrected. I want her top of the list of resurrection protocols and Emma's like we need to talk and uh, what do we talk about listen what happened is I'm going to tell you I'm, I'm going to have to tell you this because you're going to learn it sooner, sooner or later because of the what happens with Koa she's not dead she's alive you were an evil piece of shit brutalizing bastard and when the sentinel showed up um, I made it look like she was killed. Everyone around us thought she was killed, and I took her to a friend to give her a fake identity to work for because she has tele, um, um, not telepathic, uh, teleportation powers. And she takes her, she takes her to Wilson Fisk, and why I thought we we're meeting alone. Who is she? And she needs this, 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 and that. Okay, sure. Uh, well, that means our agreement is extended. And she's like, God damn it. Okay, fine. Uh, the, the agreement was that White Queen at the time, Emma Frost, was a cleaner. She w- what she would do, uh, they, 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 she had some sort of debt to Wilson Fisk. And as cleaner, what she would do is wipe people's minds. Mm. And... Then we go back to uh, Sebastian Shaw crying. He's a he's up fucking set, <laughs> but he's he's so upset he's not in a murder. He's so upset it's not a murderous rage thing. He's just beside himself. And she's like, I can't tell you how long it took me to get out of that deal with Wilson Fisk. But at the same time, uh, there was a uh, another mutant that was at the um, Hellfire Gala, where the the cuckoos. Saw her, felt her, removed all of the psychic blocks in this girl's head, and it turns out this girl is a murderous bastard, even as a child. As a child. And, and they thought they were doing her favor, and they're on Araco in Moors, on Moors, well, Moors is Araco now, and uh, she's killing penguins, or whatever the equivalent of uh, Martian penguins are. And, um, she's. Penguins are there, Martian puffins. Yeah, and, uh, they. Tell her, listen, they all get in her head. This is what happened. She's like, yeah, I killed my mom. 
as an eight-year-old, like, pushed her mom out of, like, a 30-story building. Out of a window. And, like, no, this is actually what happened. These There's things in your head you don't know. And uh, they removed it, and she sees that it was actually her dad that did it. And why are you doing this? Well, we want to help you. Well, why do you want to help me? And it was, it was a wonderful moment because our mother taught us that women should help women. Especially when they're being dominated by men. And it was... It was a hard-hitting, hard-hitting scene. I, I'm not a woman. I, 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 I can't comment on this in anything other than being a fly on the wall as it happened. The same way you can't be a guy telling women what abortion rights should be or what they should do with their body. Um, but I was a fly on the wall, and the cuckoos removed something. Like we, your dad's still alive, and we're going to go talk to him. You want us to go with you? Please. Um, but we've got this secret uh, cabal with Kingpin that has happened. And that's it. I, I just love the fact that they would even touch on the fact that the Cuckoos would help somebody at all. <laughs> because the Cuckoos only work in conjunction for themselves and White Queen. Or, well, not White Queen anymore, but Emma Frost. And I hope to see more women helping women in, in comic books. I've been slaving all day about how to talk about that. Uh, I hope to see women helping other women like that in comic books and in real life like that. Because I see a lot of backstabbing bullshit uh, in locker rooms. But that that's what I get on that one, man. Um, let me, let me uh, make sure that we uh, make sure we keep up the... Gotta bring up the... Because we always we always brought up the, the the writers creators always felt like it was like stopping something, um, but we should have just put it at the end like we're doing now. Uh, we got uh, Jerry Duggan, writer uh, Matteo Loli and Klaus Johnson. Wow, Klaus Johnson! God damn, artists uh, Rain Barreto, color artist VCs Corey Pettit, letterer. We got to get on the show. Uh, Tom Muller, design. Russell Dutterman and Matthew Wilson cover artists and uh, Jonathan Hickman head of X if you look at any of the the books that are anyway X-Men 100% commandeered by Jonathan Hickman he's the new Chris Claremont or hopefully so and editor Jordan D. White Um, but I I know it's short and sweet but just one of those things that we need to see more women helping women like that. Like without question, um, I would, I would like to see more of it because it's not like one of those things you see in the news where it's like a blind cry of outcry or, or uh, aggression or cancellation or outrage. Like let's see, let's see some positive shit, and that's why I wanted to bring it up in the first place. Just, just, it happened. But uh, give us some Mr. Miracle, man. All right, we got Mr. Miracle, the source of freedom, three of six. Freaking. So we got uh, Shiloh Jones over here, the, the, uh, this planet's Mr. Miracle, and he is fighting against Never Free, the son, or the daughter, pardon me, of Big Barda and Scott Free, Mr. Miracle. And he is juiced to the moon right now. Because of the power of Thaddeus Brown, the previous Mr. Miracle, who is in an urn. 
and he just completely obliterates Never Free and all her people with her. Um, one of the interesting parts about this is the conversations between um, Mr. Miracle and the um, and his mother box, who he refers to as MB, which helps it give him information. Helps him. It's almost like an ex like a version of Iron Man's armor almost, but. This has infinite knowledge and can uh, teleport him where he needs to be via boom tube. And um, we see that the uh, yeah, but the uh, the boom tube uh, the mother box tells him that he needs to get away. So he takes he heads to the air and just obliterates all of Never Freeze minions at least for the moment. Wonderful page for that. Ah. And the whole thing is he doesn't understand he, he doesn't know of Scott Free who is the second incarnation of Mr. Miracle, the first being Thaddeus Brown. Um he and, and this this uh Shiloh, or Shiloh doesn't know anything about him. So it's interesting to see how that how that's gonna play out long term, because it appears that Never Free is actually um possibly from another dimension. Multiverse. Or another Earth, as it were, multiverse. As freaking in the um, the the Mister Miracle series that came out in 2019, um, Big Barda and Mister Miracle Scott Free had a son, not a daughter. And let alone the fact that Shiloh Jones, who in the original series had a uh, was brought in by Scott, um, in this version of it has no knowledge of Scott or Big Barda. But um, they continue to battle, and the um, the silicon-based life forms they come back. But we find out that they've all got mother boxes installed in them, and they figure out that their um, their organic um, nervous system is actually a highly advanced fiber optic filament uh, array. And Shiloh's like, "Can we hack it?" So they end up hacking their way into the computer, into the computers inside these um, these minions, and they go from there. And they actually end up in basically a um, mental version of Never Freeze Laboratories, where she created um, these people. And we kind of get a little bit of the backstory from there. The, the the thing that pops in my head here is the overwhelming amount of information that is overwhelming. Mr. Miracle's head. It reminds me of the end of um, um, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull when she's like, I want to know. And when they give her the knowledge, she's like, no more. Stop. <laughs> but but, yeah. but but it it, 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 it Mr. Miracle was unrelenting. Like, like the mother box that he's in control of was making sure it wasn't overwhelming him. And he got the pertinent information. Yeah, I mean, they brought it, they, uh, you know, he made it a point to, the mother box made it a point to make this something digestible for Shiloh, that way he could understand without just losing his mind. And, like, you just, you see this beautiful screen of him just, with all these screens around him, there's all these events worldwide, and, like, he's just, I can't, you know, I can't take any more of this. It is gorgeous. And then he, you know, he shuts his eyes, he opens his eyes. Right when the um, mother box has interface complete, 
and then you can kind of have a better idea of what's going on. And while we're doing that, um, his agent, because he's a you know, world famous escape artist, <laughs> spin doctor. He's got a like he's a world famous escape artist, but his agent is a world famous spin doctor. Yeah, so his, his agent's losing his mind because he's got somewhere between uh, between forty seven and forty nine. So let's go at forty eight. Um, freaking cases against him currently. In regards to everybody saying that they they uh, that miracle stole his act from these people, and he's like, even if one of them works out, we're we're doomed. But at the same time, he's like, well, then again, maybe we could come back from this if freaking if something does happen, because even even you know criminals get Oscars these days. <laughs> and the secretary walks in, and he's like, she's like, you know, we can, you know, we got somebody to handle this at the office. And he's like, who do you mean? And she's like, well... And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> but before he does that, we get a message from a gentleman saying that, like, um, you know, first off, this person's apologizing for approaching him in the legit, a litigious front, but I have to get a... You know, I have to let you know this, what, what's going on. You know, you know, I don't... You know, I'm about to share it with you. may seem insane... Yet you must know that Shiloh Norman and Thaddeus Brown are not the only men to wear the mantle of Mr. Miracle. Much more is at stake than you realize. But you need to you need to meet with me at the Ambassador Hotel on the fourth floor. And he's like, best wishes, Oberon. And for those who don't know who Oberon is, Oberon is actually the a man who worked with the original Mr. Miracle as well as the second Mr. Miracle. In creating many of his great escape moments. And he hasn't been seen in quite a few years that I recall. I've never heard of this guy before. Well, funny enough, it did come up when we were in uh, in Lubbock. Really? Because you would ask. You would ask. You looked at the toys. And there was a Mr. Oh, Miracle the, the, with the Barda. The short dude. The short dude who was you asked who the hell's Oberon in the three pack, and that was the three the third guy in the three pack was Oberon. No shit, awesome. Yep. So funny how that just kind of he's like bald Wolverine came together. Ah, but we go back to uh, to Shiloh, and Shiloh. We go back into the, we hear a little bit more about the history of Never Fear, or Never Free. Pardon me, and she. Um, she basically went around collecting mother boxes and taking them out of out of corpses and you know using them to make what she referred to as the free galactic imperium huh. which you know sounds you know is really not you know was kind of a weird you know a weird amalgam of contradictions and you know, and Mother Box responds with, you know, not every despot has a good marketing division. <laughs> so we, we kind of learned that she ended up basically taking over the world using, you know, her her parents' name basically. Yeah, we haven't you know we haven't gotten too much information other than that, other than the fact that she created these um, her minions utilizing these Mother Boxes, and they helped helped her take over her world. But at the end of the day, she ended up losing everything, and for some reason, she blames Shiloh for that. 
for taking the Mr. because he took the Mr. Miracle mantle. So we find out that um, his name is, name is Vic. Let me see. But his uh, his marketing agent uh, Vito ends up having to uh, he can't the um, the address Oberon gave him was incorrect, so he ended up having to find the address uh, at the courthouse, and turns out that his um, his secretary had an in with somebody there. But unfortunately, it turned out to be Vito's ex-wife, Zandra. And Vito basically had to agree that he would give up um, to get increased alimony payments from Zandra in exchange for Oberon's address. All right. And Zandra turned out... Yeah, she's still... And after all these years, she's still not happy with good old Vito. He did his best, goddammit. Yeah, so Vito ends up going out and finding Oberon in the middle of nowhere in San pa- in, in San Pedro, and they sit down and talk. And he's like, "Yeah, we've got a lot to talk about." Yeah, he's like, "I know, you know." She, he's like, "You know, you seem to know a lot." And he's like, "I know everything, maybe too much. I know about Thaddeus Brown. I know about Shiloh Norman. I know about Scott Free, and I also know why Never Fear and why Never Free is really here." And we go back to Shiloh, who's still fighting Never Free, and her minions. And the minions end up ripping apart his um, Mr. Miracle uniform. This is wonderful. Yeah, and they basically leave him for dead in the middle of nowhere. She just ends up slapping him and leaving him, throwing him into a a pit of water, basically. Before we get to that, the, 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 the dialogue here... The moment you hacked into the core's main processors with your quantum subroutine, you weren't disabling their firewalls. I was. They were disabling yours. Like that because I remember when 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 I first like read the comic. I read it twice. Uh, oh, we're hacking into the into the mother box. I'm like. Can't just say you're hacking this shit. It's not the '90s. You're, there's not some Asian dude <laughs> at some cafe like 100 miles away. Like I'm in. Um, I'm thinking about that, and then like yeah, and then we have full repercussions, and she she destroyed him. Yep, she ended up like I said, completely destroying his his uniform, his outfit, his gimmick, whatever you want to refer to it as. <laughs> You know, throwing him into this pit of water, zooming off, talking about, you know, you're just Shiloh, a descendant of slaves in the land that considers you subhuman, right where you belong. You know, and the last scene is just him naked and bloodied, saying, Mother Box, MB, are you there? Answer me, help me. Please, someone help. And we see next, the origin of Thaddeus Brown revealed. Dude, this, this, this was such a great issue. It started a little slow, but it was all payoffs. All payoffs. Yep. <laughs> yep, we got a we got a whole new level of you know, the world of Shiloh. You know, just you know, he's got so you know, so many different characters. You know, we introduced freaking Vito's ex wife and you know, we we finally introduced Oberon who is vital to the Mr. Miracle legacy. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. You know, we get we'll find out more from 
from Oberon, hopefully kind of get somewhat more of an idea as to why, you know, where Neverfree is from and where she, uh, what her actual plans are to rebuild her empire, apparently. And this is barely issue fucking, what, three? It's issue three of six. Yeah, this is this is what happens when you read DC. You get a lot of content, a lot of fast, and you better fucking process it. Um, <laughs> when, when we go, when we go back to Lubbock, we got to get you that three set. It was too pretty. It was pretty good. It was. I'll give you that. It was. It was too gorgeous. That needs to be uh, next year uh, ROH guys, or it, it needs to be in between like uh, all the bootleg DVDs we're gonna make. <laughs> yeah. Funny enough, the only DC character I have an action figure of is Mr. Miracle, actually. You know, Wife got it for me for Christmas last year. You don't get a Constantine or a Superman or nope. nothing? Do nope. You, do you oh have, the, only, the only figure I have legit is freaking a uh, Mr. Miracle. You don't have a McFarlane? Nope. Yeah. That's where your money goes, son. That's not where my money oh, goes. Dude. <laughs> Not fucking. Not, not, that, not that I haven't thought about it from time to time. I've just never actually gotten the you know, full bore with it. Dude, uh, when I got it was right when the pandemic hit. I went to Walmart to get a. Uh, I had to wait two months to get my. I had a warranty on my goddamn tire. I hadn't gone like anywhere more than a mile from my house maybe three or four times in two months, and uh, there was no fucking way I was gonna buy a new tire when I bought a warranty on this tire. I was gonna go to Walmart. And they finally were open up their tire shop. And I'm waiting for them to replace my tire for the, instead of paying 120 I paid 30 to get it replaced at the warranty. Mm-hmm. I wander around, immediately go straight to the toy store, the toy department, and I see McFarlane, Superman. I'm like, I'm just going to get the one. He never gets just the one. Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Uh, I called my buddy Chad, who's a big Batman fan. I'm like, hey, they got that uh, uh, that one Batman you want. Oh, I'll get it later. Um, Did you get the Superman? And I'm like, yeah, I got it. And he was like, you're fucked. And I was like, why? He's like, you told me McFarlane's a drug. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like, what, 17, 18 figures later? No, 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 21. Because I got Bizarro, I got my Damien, I got my, uh, I did order the uh, Batman Beyond. Um, got in the, uh, waiting to get my Justice League, so it's going to be six more. <laughs> yep. That bastard. And then he announces yesterday that uh, he's taking on the DC Direct label instead of just Multiverse. And, with the, and the, they're going to do sculptures, they're going to do... Bus, oh, god damn it! And then, and then he posted something today, like uh, it was a, a picture of a cardboard box that had like uh, a sticker, like exclusive Todd McFarlane Todd Toy <laughs> Store. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy gonna sell now? Because I, I still have like five fi- AEW figures I gotta get, or my life has no meaning. And then I gotta get all the new Spawn figures because those are gorgeous. And then what the hell is this asshole gonna spawn uh, uh, pull on me? I'm like, all right, fine. Um, we got Brandon Easton, writer, uh, Fico Osio, artist, Rico Renzi, colorist, Rob Lai, or Lee, letter, uh, Unique Paquette, and Nathan Fairbairn, cover, and Diego Lopez, editor. 
Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle. Merker. Uh Jack Kirby with the with the signature. Gorgeous. Created mm. by. God damn it. Can't go cool. wrong with some JK. No hell. Good no. old thing. Dude, we gotta go on the hunt for some new gods. Yeah, at some new point. Gods. Wow, yeah. Dude, we're we're going we're probably going to Kansas and uh, I, I messaged you last night like, you know, we might not be able to get booked because Tony doesn't want to shell out the five bucks to get his uh, license for uh, Oklahoma. It's 30 bucks. I will pay for the 30 bucks. If you can get booked in Oklahoma, I'll pay for the 30 bucks. I will drive you to the place to get your physical for five extra bucks. I don't fucking know. Um, uh, we gotta get to Oklahoma and do an Oklahoma hunt because there's there's eight stores in OKC we gotta hit up with Colin. Where's a lot? Of you go to two in Lubbock. Yeah, well, there's two in Lubbock where we gotta go to, but we gotta go to OKC. We gotta go to Oklahoma. We gotta go to Kansas. We gotta go to Utah. We gotta hit up Nevada and definitely Arizona. We're getting there. I'd like to go check out Lawrence again. Lawrence, Kansas, is a good place to go. <laughs> What are we getting next? I wrestled there at some point. Probably. Definitely Hoyas. Dude, the world, the world of aliens, more aliens. This is full circle. This is the, this is the, full circle. This okay, is. We need to see your girl Greta. Oh, Greta in Kansas. I will find it. <laughs> I will find her address and knock on her door, like, and show up with a PlayStation Three and hook up to her old ass TV. With uh, some RCA hookups and like we got here's some matches we gotta watch. She's gotta old Greta's gotta see the uh, Osprey and um, Ricochet. She's gotta see some the Omega Okota. Uh, what do you call it? Tremolverit? Is that the word? Trilogy? I don't know. I don't. Hopefully she's got a. Uh, Hasn't gotten fit, too fat yet, granddaughter. Whoa! All right. <clears throat> well, oh, good segue. <laughs> Worst segue ever. Worst yeah. segue ever. Uh, Full circle. Aliens. Eighty-nine. Aliens. Nineteen eighty-nine. I was uh, going to Comic Connection in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And it was a, uh, uh, it was on Main Street, and I remember going in there looking for Robotech comics, and and there on the wall there was Star Wars Dark Empire number two, which I ended up buying, and it blew my freaking mind. And it had, it was a Dark Horse comic, and I didn't know what that meant. I just. You know, all I'd ever seen were Marvel and DC titles. And uh, this Dark Horse book was phenomenal. So different than anything else I'd ever read. Uh, I guess I'd seen Comico, but like for whatever good that was doing, because they were kind of felt like they were defunct by that point. Um, and uh, then this neighborhood kid had these four Dark Horse Aliens comics that my brother then showed up with in a collected edition. It was a trade trade paperback, and I was just like, what the heck is this? I cannot believe 
that these people are getting away with this language and this violence and this like kind of sexuality in that book it blew me away it's a four issue story and uh what, was, what, what was this joshua was this this was paint watercolors right this was uh, what, no i want to say what's this the was, media i want to say this was more uh airbrush uh, let me, really? Let, let me pull it up. Like I, I was oh, yeah. actually give it, give it, I, I was give thinking, it an eyeball. I, I was thinking about it uh, when I was reading it last night. This is no, this is 100% airbrushed. This book, like these four issues, just changed everything that I knew about comics. I don't know what I knew in middle school and junior high about comic books, but you know, the, we, I wasn't picking these things up off the shelf. This this thing was like single issues. And trade paperback from a neighborhood kid, and we borrowed that thing, and I read it, and I read it again, and I read it again, and this went on and on and on and on. And there were ideas that I saw in this plausible sequel to Aliens that started showing up in Aliens movies and Aliens vs. Predator and all this other Aliens content, and it was like everybody had something that they stole from these four issues. It's awesome. Basically, imagine Alien 3 not being Alien 3. Now, me personally, I love Alien 3, especially the director's cut. The director's cut. If if you guys have not seen the director's cut, there is a a $10 set you can get from Walmart that has all uh, five movies, uh, Mm -hmm. including Resurrection, which isn't the best one, but it's still good. I still like Um, Resurrection. uh, But... Uh, the David Fincher director's cut is uh, just some random trivia. He agreed to do the movie because the original director was fired. And mm-hmm. he agreed to do the movie if they gave him the movie, they gave him the money to do any movie he wanted. And the movie he picked was Fight Club. Oh my god. Wonderful. The, the movie that his wild card you said I could do whatever I wanted I'm doing Fight Club. Um, the director's cut is probably a solid what thirty minutes longer. I think so. It's, Mainly, it was that the it's a it's a, a a bull burster instead of a or a water buffalo burster instead of a dog burster. Th- there was so much more like all the character yeah. development in the original mm-hmm. cut was uh, removed by the studio, and Fincher had I, yeah. no no say in it. Um, but uh, yeah. But the, the, the director's cut is worth every $10 penny of the Blu-ray that gives you all four. and Every iteration of Alien 3, I think, is worth it. There are just some that are better than others. And I got to say, in like when I was a 14-year-old and we were driving across country to Boston for my dad's uh, ASA meeting, so it was a professional meeting, I read the Alien 3 novel and I finally got it because I remember seeing the movie and being like, I don't get what's going on because it was a bunch of similar guys, similar bald-headed dudes, similar accents. I couldn't pick one guy out from another. I didn't understand what I was seeing. But I read that book and it like put everything into perspective for me. But up until that point, this four-issue comic was the sequel to Aliens for me. It's in color. It's beautiful. This is phenomenal artwork, and I'll go into who who worked on it, who who did that, in a minute. And um, uh, basically, it starts out. I didn't have the preceding issues, 
uh, until years and years after the fact. In, fr- in fact, a friend of mine gave me the hardback collected edition of the preceding book uh, at the bachelor's, uh, bachelor's uh, bachelor uh, wedding party gift. Uh, whatever that is. I haven't been to a wedding and I don't know how long. But, um, yeah, and I, I, I read it and consequently it's not nearly as good as this i'm not saying i'm not no diss to my buddy but uh for real this 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 is it this is my favorite aliens comic book story ever essentially it starts out it's sometime after aliens has taken place and hicks and newt are the recurring cast members and they are stuck on a on a ship called the USS America, and it is on the way back. It's on the way from Earth, where something has happened, and Newt is a teenager, or a twenty-something, and they are on the way to some colony. And no, and no explanation for what happened to Ripley. No explanation. You'd have to have read the preceding books, and that was pretty much how I perceived the story, not knowing there were preceding books. I was just like, okay, hey, whatever. Uh, I don't know what happened. I don't know why. But what we come to find out is that the aliens have got to Earth. And they are they have ripped that place to hell. It is an apocalyptic wasteland that we had previously never seen in any storyline in 1989. Uh, we'd seen nuclear war stories. The Soviet Union hadn't collapsed yet. It would have been later that year when the Berlin Wall came down. Like, you got to understand, we'd seen apocalyptic stories, but not like aliens got to Earth. We'd seen zombie stories, but aliens got to Earth and killed everyone and made you them. So what it amounts to is that they're stuck on this ship and they don't know where they're going and they don't know why. And then they get there and... A Marine's general is just automatically up their ass about stuff. And uh, they realize that the cargo is aliens. And they are uh, they are treated like prisoners until suddenly they are invited because of their expertise in the alien situation. Uh, this guy wants to, uh, obviously everybody's always we- trying to weaponize the aliens. He had a concept on using the latent uh, empathic and telepathic qualities of the queen alien to control her soldiers or drones, as they're called. And this whole thing spirals. You've got a group of guys who goes and tries to hide out with the colonists on this planet, but they were all used up in generating more. Yeah. They're all used up in trying to make more soldiers for this guy to create an alien army to go back and retake Earth. He's just a madman. And it was like, in 1989, this was phenomenal. Now, uh, all these years later, I've seen this plot done dozens of times. And I'm going to say it probably wasn't new even then. But, like, I'm like, to me... That's the beauty of it. I don't care if it was rehash back then. Now I look at it and I'm like, that was the first instance of me seeing that plot line. 
every plot you've ever seen got recycled and it's only new to you once or twice right and so like this this book just really freaking did it for me uh ultimately it all goes to hell as usual they're on a ship going back to earth and they jump ship at the last second and they make it to gateway station the only safe place gateway station being the place where ripley finds herself when she wakes up in the uh movie but let me go so far as to say the last page in the fourth issue reveal uh is the biggest most awesome cliffhanger i ever got and i wanted so much more and it it took forever for there to be any content to follow this and i think the sad fact of it was like the quality of the artwork the quality of the story was never as good before or after this and so then you get into all of this and it's the aliens versus predator predator versus superman superman versus aliens terminator robocop versus all blah 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 right. and it's like oh come on can we just take this seriously can we just do aliens this fucking book four issues gave me bad dreams like it was that good and now Marvel, this is the full circle. Full circle. Marvel the bad has the license, and they're actually releasing this as a Marvel product. And I'm like, guys, no. Can you please just say that you accrued this license and you are, this isn't new. This is old school stuff. Please, can you say this is keep a dark horse book? Keep things in canon. Don't don't do what exactly. happened in Star Wars. This is better than any other aliens product I've ever seen in comic books. Now I will say that the material, the the recent Marvel material that you uh, covered last time, I have read since then, and I really do like it. I love and it. it serves as an excellent sequel minus Ripley minus Newt, minus Hicks you know new characters. we're all devastated devastated that Hicks and Newt were killed at the beginning of Aliens 3 and that's part of the reason why we wanted this, this was so good now give me two seconds to talk about this Do it, Uh, Denny Bouvet the artist behind this if you're telling me it's Airbrush fine, this This guy I can tell, like, the covers, he won awards for the covers he did for this. And he did the interior content, and it's fucking bomb. It is so good. This is, in my estimation, some of the best comics art I've ever, ever, ever encountered. And it gets, he gets tired. It gets, I'm not calling this lazy, but he gets lazier and quicker with his work, deeper into it, four issues in. But I praise the man for maintaining his consistent medium and not just like, okay, we got to devolve into something else or whatever. I'm sure there was a deadline. Dude, it gets to that point, and it gets to the point where it's like, okay, well, you know, it's more even the aliens for all of their three dimensions and their organic qualities start to look a little bit more like hey blah 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 stick figures and then we pull away from some things where we introduce people we give you a good idea of what they are and then there's silhouettes and whatever and it gets tired i don't decry the man for an instant if i could then i i've got on this guy's website 
since I since like today thinking like I want to look into this dude some more. His contact information is there. I want to hire this guy. I want he he lives up in Vancouver. He has it, like all of his accolades are there. Uh, he has he has he has not lost an iota of his abilities. Yeah. Um, I want to see this guy at a signing event. It is phenomenal work. Give us like nothing has ever looked this big. Give us an alien. Huh? So here's Thunder Bucks. Give, Give us, us an, an alien. alien. Give us an alien. Oh God, dude! Give me a nice ink alien, like like. Uh, I'd ask him for a new. Oh, I'd rather have a new. Jeez. Oh, oh yeah, the, dude, a new with an alien with a freaking pulse rifle. I don't care. Give me a teenage twenty-something new from this book. I mean, God, dude, this is just. It's it's it's. I'd love to see Dune done like this. I'm looking at. I'm like. I'm lo- and I'm thinking about now who would I really trust to kick ass with some alien stuff? Obviously, Jay Lee. I bet Jay 100%. Lee will crush. He will be at oh Comic Con in, in August. Yep. The- Dude, I, yeah, I'm freaking pay him another fortune, another minor fortune for some alien. To, to, oh book, to bookend this, there was a, when it comes to full circle, uh, writer uh, Mark Verheiden. Artist uh, Dennis Bouvet. Verheiden, yeah. Verheiden, Mark Verheiden. Yep. Cover art, uh, Dennis Bouvet. Uh, letter, mm-hmm. David Jackson. Editor, Randy uh, Stradley. Uh, it was a nice exercise in being reminded of what it is like to be an artist and remembering your roots. Um, yeah. The, the thing that occurred to me while I'm reading this, it was like playing a a game of D and D of a yes. Uh, yes. like with with a guy that was in a time capsule. He he stopped being a, a DM in eighty five, eighty nine, <laughs> and and now he's trying to tell a, a story that we can enjoy. He yeah. there's a lot of new uh, literary tools and uh, devices and um, escapes that are brand new. Uh, throughout since 1989, and I feel like this is this is someone doing their best, and it's goddamn amazingly executed uh, to tell an alien story within those confines of '89. So mm-hmm. there, when it comes to full circle, yeah, you're only three years from the preceding movie, right? So. But but even then, when it comes to literary storytelling, we we've advanced in many different ways, and mm-hmm. he's using those tools. Uh, the sexualization of Newt could have gone completely awry. Um, she's fallen in love with with a synthetic, and yeah. Not only that, but like we're getting extra extra insight into the pain and plight. He didn't know he was a th- synthetic, uh, but also mm-hmm. like he's ripped in half. He's oozing that white shit that that's coming out of Bishop when he's cut in half mm-hmm. in, at the end of Aliens, and. Um, but we're also seeing full circle some introduction of some literary, specifically aliens, that I have never seen in anything else. Is the fact that, and they 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 put they brought it up multiple times. They they they, they eased it into uh, the new uh, last five issues, uh, where we have the 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 failed colonel and going to get his son. He doesn't give a shit. He's just got to save his son and. Uh, the fact that 
uh, if you've in any way touched by aliens, whether you're the least bit impregnated by them, you are some way telepathically connected to your queen. Yeah, and then, you know, what really weirds me out about that is that the production design that they've developed for that queen character, and you only see her the same way every time with that weird sideward glance, she looks like characters from that really the, odd Avengers book a few years ago. I know what you're talking about. The one where she's, like, got the, she's got the human face on the xenomorph yeah, head. Yeah, and then the under undercarriage horns. And I'm like, are you guys trying to make an intergalactic parallel that's going to get exploited? Absolutely. Are the Avengers going to end up fighting aliens? Oh, God, no. Please, please God, no. <laughs> please, God, no. Um, I mean, that would be the bloodiest, most uncomfortable... Like, I just remember stupid. going back and... Dude, if ali- if the aliens it would be... was a threat that, like, the Guardians were working with no. in space... No, no. That shit would be intense. <laughs> what would a group alien be like? What would a rocket alien... What would an Asgardian alien I thought about this. The only this thing, is the brood, dude. The this only is the thing brood. you're right, and I was about to say that the only thing I think of that would be a plausible storyline if they interacted with actual Marvel characters is the uh, because we've got how silly it was, Alien versus Predator. They were silly. Yeah, those um, movies are not good. They're, they're, they're not, not good. good. The, the only story, if I was past with writing like uh, you got to introduce alien to marvel universe the only thing i could land on is alien versus brood or or some sort of that'd be nuts dude something i mean really can you imagine like for real if you're because the death quotient is so high if you're going to introduce the aliens to the marvel universe you better do an amazing story about that in space and say, God help us, this could we'd, never get to Earth. We'd have and then to if have it a... gets to Earth, you're going to have to have a dozen aliens characters killed. Like, people are going to have to... Main characters are going to have to die left and right we agreed. to create new aliens. But, but even then, it, there, we'd have to have to... Absolutely have to do a couple of silent issues. Oh, that'd be weird. But, uh... That's all you got on aliens, man. Because we got to wrap this up, man. We got a yeah. last, last but not least, we got uh, Batman Detective Comics number ten forty. Tony, give us a point. All right, so we start off here. We got uh, Bruce Wayne turning himself in to the GCPD after being accused of murdering Sarah Worth, and he ends up getting basically put into a drunk tank. 100%. While Oracle freaking tries to figure out the best way to get this handled. And you know, she ends up talking to one of her contacts about uh, Helena Bertinelli and Deb Donovan, who were both attacked by, um, by Vile last issue. And we turn around and find out that Deb's in the hospital, and Helena, who was right next to her, has escaped the hospital. The drunk reporter. Yep. And then we go back to Bruce Wayne in the drunk tank. And he and he ends up talking to this guy. That's like, I know who you are. You know, you're Bruce Wayne. And he's like, you know, I know what I know. I know other stuff about you. He's like, like what? And he's like, I know you're Batman. 
And the guy, and he's just like, you know, Bruce is just like trying to keep cool, you know. Batman, how do you figure that? Of course, the money. But he's like, yeah, you know, hey, we had this, we had this thing five years ago. Well, maybe not that many years ago. But he was working as a mascot at Jackie Pizza. And he goes outside. And as he's trying to head outside, Batman and the Joker come crashing through the window of, of his establishment. Brawling back and forth. And this guy ends up trying to make a break for it. Climbing up the uh, freaking fire escape. While Batman and the Joker are going at it. Joker talks and still in the air. And he ends up uh, hiding out on the roof of the building. I love I love him wow. on the uh, jumping on like he says it's harder than it is in the movies to jump on the fire escape and like we see the Joker gas just like he said <laughs> in the air as this poor bastard is clamoring to to get on a ladder. Yeah, and he he gets up you know he's up there and turns around there's Batman and he realizes that Batman doesn't see him. And then apparently Batman's got to scratch his eye. He's got an itch. And he lifts up his cowl ever so gently. And he sees a full fr- for the full face of Bruce Wayne. Yep. <laughs> he's got that itch. And he's, yep. And he's got, you know, he kind of turns around and he's like, you know, I live in Gotham City. I got a sister who thinks she's going to end up marrying Batwoman. You know? But it makes sense, right? You'd be Batman. And Bruce is just like, Why? And he's like, you know, I read all these horrible things in the paper that you've gone through. You know, it's it's a lot, you know. And Bruce is just like, you know, that's how you see it. And he's just like, you know, it takes one to know one. Me and I have gone through some crap. You've gone through some crap. You've gone through a lot more crap than I am. So you're Batman. Well. <laughs> nice deduction. Yeah. Uh, 100%. He does know. And he says, well, and he looks away hears a noise and turns around and homeboys pass the fuck out. <laughs> Zs. Yeah. Yep. He ends up passing out. All the same time we go to a little we had a quick little interlude with the penguin talking about who's up for a little delivery, you know, we're gonna get a little sashimi. And after some dinner we're gonna <laughs> burn everything down. So it sounds like he them penguin might be looking to blow up another police station, but we're not sure yet. You know, we go back to the drunk tank, <clears throat> and Bruce is just over here talking to this poor drunkard. You know, it's it's now it's Monday, and we're trying to get out of here. And the guy's uh, he's sobered up from you know sobered Friday, up from the weekend. Friday night to Sunday. <laughs> oh. And the guy just kind of you know apologizes to Bruce, being like, you know, I don't know what I said, but I'm sorry. You know, don't say whatever I said. Don't take it personally. And he's like, is it Sunday or Monday? And Bruce is just like, Monday. And the guy's just like, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> and right then and there, they're like, Bruce Wayne, let's go. And Bruce is just like, you know, Bruce looks at the drunkard that you know, figured out he's Batman. And he's just like, nice meeting you. And the drunkard's just like, hey, nice meeting you too. Buddy. <laughs> you know, and the cops end up apologizing for the inconvenience, you know. Turns out his alibi, you know, did pay out, you know, his alibi did pan out. You know, he's just like, you know, whatever you guys needed, no big deal, you know. Bruce is like, I'm happy to help. And we end up going to the shipyard where Penguin's meeting with Mr. Worth. Which, which confused me, because the, the last shipyard. time I saw Mr. Worth was he was getting covered in a mound of concrete. And liquid. 
Maybe they got him out before it hardened. I don't know. I, I but we end up walking in, and Penguin's got an army with him. Freaking ready to, ready to, you know, destroy Bruce Wayne. You know, he's just like alive enough, you know, alive enough that our agreement, you know, our plan may go forward. And Mr. Worth is just like, Bruce Wayne will die. Penguin's just like, yes. Yes, he will. Mm-hmm. And then looks like we turn around, and looks like Bruce's apartment buildings just burn to the ground. So yet again, Bruce loses something else right now. We go back to Penguin and Mr. Worth. You know, and I'm talking about how plans are, you know, plans for Wayne's violent death are already underway. But as we agreed earlier, Mr. Worth, if we are to do this efficiently, we need to cut off Wayne's protection fully. So we need to we need to eliminate Batman. And that's our first priority. You know, then we will serve, you know, serve, serve you Bruce Wayne's beating heart on a silver platter. You know, this monster will be all we need to destroy Batman. And we turn around, and there's Mr. Worth on one side of a bed, Penguin on the other, with a, a gentleman strapped to a bed on all types of medical equipment. And Penguin just says, the jury has spoken. So apparently we're getting yet another new villain in the jury. I, I we'll thought, find out about him next issue. I thought that was Hugh Vile. It could be Hugh. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that, I, but I'm thinking it could be Hugh. Because he hinted earlier, oh, he he vile is not dead. Because he took a yeah. beating in the last issue. We got next, we the jury, and then we get into the unceremonious death of Man Bat. I was pissed until you told me what the story's leading into. Yeah, so mm-hmm. why don't you take the lead on this part? Man, we, we get the empty cemetery. The, the preacher is saying the quintessential stock prayers for the guy that no one is there to mourn and there's one guy that's in the darkness it's Batman and we get a flashback of something that's happened like which kind of really made me happy that there we're about to roundabout end a couple of stories we're about to end the um, what's happening with uh, Scarecrow and Batman and we're ending what's we're getting close to the ending I, I, at least it feels like it what's going on in Detective. And uh, Man Bat, after the uh, events in uh, Justice League Dark, where he uh, saved the day and got a dose of some Merlin magic, and he's impregnated with an... God, what would you call it? Like what, like an abstract idea of what fear is. Brings it back to the real world that if as long as something fears me, I will live. And... Man Bat mm. is, like, going crazy, you know, and of course it's another, like, Batman's like, oh, you took the dose again, everyone hates you again, like, you're a failure, like, no, no, I did what I was supposed to do, uh, I, I did everything I can, I'm not looking for my wife, I'm, I'm looking for her to say goodbye, because this thing has to die, and only I can see it, and we get straight into his mind, it's, a, it's, it's, uh, a serpentine type, uh, entity, and it bursts out of his chest. And Batman sees it. Doesn't say a goddamn word. Uh, Man Bat does... The, the thing about Man Bat is... And Tony, uh, back me up here. Is that it always starts with he's thinking he's doing the right thing. And ends up being one of those stories where... 
you think you're doing the right thing, but you're still doing the selfish thing. But then five, six issues later, you do the heroic thing, and then you go away for five years. And, <laughs> and yep. he, as it's bursting out of his physical chest, the thing is literally saying, as long as something fears me, I'll live. Yep. Only he's trying to spread the word. And the only one that sees him is Batman. Mm-hmm. And Man Bat relinquishes his fear, encompasses uh, the entity, brings it back inside of him, and seals it in a thought and begs him, begs Batman, like, you can't tell anybody. And we get back to the lone, the lone man at the, at the cemetery. It's Batman watching no one leave other than the preacher that was there to do his job and do his... Uh, do by the book and uh, Man Bat's uh, estranged wife. wife shows up. Yep. Thank God. I was hoping he'd be here, but he can't tell her shit. Yeah. And it... God, the death... as much as he wants to tell the truth, if he tells her that her husband died a hero, he has to let her know about this creature. And if she knows about this creature, the creature could come back. Because as long as there's a little an ounce of fear in somebody for this creature, the creature has power. See, that's what pissed Ooh, me off. That's awesome. It, it was. It was. It was. It started unceremonious. I was pissed, but the way. But I got even madder at the end. He, he could have just said, "I can't tell you," but he died a hero. He's exonerated himself. Uh, don't lament your marriage. Something like two words, uh, two sentences. Like he did the right thing. He finally did the right thing, and it cost him his life. Please be proud of him. Something little. Uh, but yeah. what did you say that where the story's leading into for a new team? Well, from what I understand, I picked up the uh, connect the freaking the pre-show basically coming up. You know, coming soon. Yep. We're looking at the, uh, what they're calling it, Task Force Z. Where a bunch of basically dead Batman villains are basically doing suicide missions to try to get their lives back. Several characters that apparently died during A-Day. And uh, we got Man Bat, obviously. We've got uh, the Arkham Knight. We've got Bane. We've got Mr. Bloom. Please say Two-Face. Uh, we don't have Two-Face, nope. we got uh, and uh, Sundowner, who I'm unfamiliar with. But they're, uh, they're basically all trying to get their lives back, but they're all led by your boy, the Red Hood. <sighs> New hat. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see where that, uh, that goes from there. We did get the hint that... Um... We saw Two Face for like what three panels? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, we were we were talking about that on the way to Lubbock. You have to use Two Face sparingly. You can't just yep. always keep bringing him back like the way the beginning Joker. Joker is easy fodder, but those Two Face stories like are cemented in your head. Remember when uh, Two Face was Batman for a while while mm-hmm. he was Harvey Dent? One of my favorite Batman stories of all time. Um, yep. While he's slowly going insane uh, without the acid. 
Uh, it's the whisper in his head. Like, I'm just glad we got to see him. And, man, you know, I guess uh, as the the sun sets, um, you can't really put the uh, period Athena sentence and tell Manbat's wife that he did the right thing because that's one of his only gimmicks. <laughs> He's always trying to uh, impress his wife or his estranged wife and... It was still good, despite the fact that it pissed me off. It was it was amazing. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, man, bats, man, bats a brilliant screw up. You know, and, and those those uh, redemption stories are when done right, they're amazing. And freaking, you know, I don't think we're I don't think we're done with the redemption of Kurt Langstrom by any stretch of the imagination. I hope so. I hope so, especially when we have a mystery man bat in the pages of. Uh, flashbacks of uh, Teen Titans Academy and his uh, everything he's God, we've been you've been on the show since October there hasn't mm-hmm. been a, there hasn't been a bad man bat story at all even the the issue where Harley was you know playing psychiatrist to him that was that was probably my favorite issue of man bat yeah it was, it was solid the whole uh, man bat mini series that came out earlier this year was tremendous really kind of gave you a whole lot more uh, more understanding of the character. Agreed. Well, we got a lot to look forward to. We got Penguin really up in the juice. We've got Mr. Worth. We got to we got to see him get his uh, just due. We got to see yeah, We got to find out what the hell's going on with Scarecrow. Oh, dude, we, no more gimp shit. <laughs> see what happens. There might be plenty of gimp shit. Plenty of as long as it works. Yeah, we got the coming of uh, Peacekeeper number one. Oh, dude, and don't forget that we got Peacekeeper uh, um, uh, television show uh, late next year. Uh, Long Halloween Part 2 just came out. Uh, I got that. Haven't Haven't watched it yet. We are, what, less than, a little bit more than a week away from Suicide Squad? Yep, August 6th. We've got, we just finished watching Black Widow, um, the, uh, Hot Ones episode, uh, featuring, uh, David Harbour was hilarious, by the way, that guy <laughs> is a funny nice. motherfucker, um, he really, he really went past the wall, he, he, it was a lot, and I'm, you're not gonna, I'm gonna say it now, put it on the, on the tape, it was a better episode than both the uh, Y2J Chris Jericho My Hero of Hot Ones combined with Stone Cold Steve Austin's episode of Hot Ones. It was great. Did you did you guys see Black Widow? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I went to see I was like, I was really like, the stuff that they promised us in the trailer with him did not pan out. With David and, Harbour? Uh, yeah. I don't. There were multiple scenes that were in the trailer that were not in the movie involving what? him, and I just was like, I just. I mean, he did fine, but I was just really disappointed. I'm a. I'm a care. I like the Red Guardian, mm-hmm. and uh, to create a character that we can't really take seriously, he's obsessed with. It's just like he had too many personal full full oils and stuff like that. It was like. I don't know. I'm, I I'm hoping there's a big, fat, thick, juicy director's cut of that movie at some point. He I don't was, feel like we got the Black Widow movie we needed, but I will say Florence What's It that played Yelena was awesome. Florence I am, yeah, I'm really looking forward to her 
as white in widow. future uh movies because she was she was great right my only I mean, rachel Weiss is awesome oh, she's but... great and everything but dude like yeah. I, I think you need to rewatch that again the way like i had to rewatch uh man of steel like three times before i got oh man of steel was amazing yeah I but i didn't get it the first time and uh mm. David Harbour was my favorite character in that whole movie. I thought he completely pulled it off. I know what scenes you're talking about that were in the trailer, but even then they were small short scenes. They they in no way could possibly eclipse all the different all, anything he did in the the full-fledged fleshed-out movie. The dinner scene alone that was it wasn't even food, it was just vodka. Um yeah. And yep. The the exposure of like just thinking about the Cold War, like yeah, he could have been as good as Captain. No, he could never have been a good captain, but he tried. Except that he there's tried. no Cold War. Like the, she's born in 1984. It was she was 10 in 1994. The Soviet Union was collapsed by that point. All of the Soviet quality in that movie yeah, is but, gone. Yeah, but and. Don't forget David man, Harbour is case older, but you know they whatever. were they were spies doing what spies do, even despite the fact that it, the USSR was over. Um, we grew up. We were born in the. You were born in seventy eight. I was born in eighty two. Uh, Morales, you were born in eighty one. Yep. Uh, we grew up with an inherent distaste and a distrust of anything Russian because they they couldn't possibly match our superiority um i don't know i was like colossus so yeah you know, i love colossus <laughs> uh, i'm not saying anything like uh we, we had that inherent distrust and the bush league quality of who he was supposed to be really i love the fact he was just this chubby drunk but he still got the job done the only real gripe i had about that movie is i wanted fucking omega red <laughs> oh, yeah. i wanted omega red i know I, I, dude, I, I thought I, I swore to God, I thought he was gonna, I thought he was gonna freaking eat it at some point. I figured he was totally gonna be like a noble sacrifice, but I was glad to see he made it through the movie. All right, spoilers. Me too. Freaking, yeah, I, I look forward to seeing if they're gonna do more with him down the road. Like I feel like oh, at some point so. they've got to do. I feel like they've got to at some point do a face to face with him and Captain America. Oh, that'd be wonderful. So see what uh, see if that happens or not. We got a lot of it's issue two hundred, one hundred of the comics, uh, issue two hundred of all the ones we put out, but issue one hundred of the uh, comic issues we put out, and um, we've it's barely late June, July, and we've got so much more to digest. We've got a lot more comic stores to go to. We have. A shitload of stuff on the hunt. Like I've like obviously looking for maximum carnage. Um, I'm looking for. I was thinking about it. I want some more Elseworlds other than the Speeding Bullet, the one I have from DC. Speeding Bullets. No, you're missing out. They're treats. No, they're they're great. Uh, I want them. Um, Colin, anything you're you're looking forward to on the horizon? I don't get to look at any previews in a while, man. I mean, I'm just uh, I'm. Unfortunately, as usual, just completely devoted to work. Still, I don't know what's coming up. We still don't, uh, we still haven't gotten our uh, Spider-Man trailer yet that comes out in December, which is so rare. We haven't got uh, any glimpse uh, than like some stray photos. We we've gotten stray photos off of the Flash movie, where we know Bat uh, Batman is, uh, 
is played by Michael Keaton. No, I'll, I'll be looking forward to that. But like, I mean, I think Ghostbusters. I, I just Ghostbusters. yeah, the Ghostbusters trailer actually really got me. I was uh, emotionally. I was emotional about some of those scenes. Um, I can't tell you how many times I dialed up that that number from the Ghostbusters commercial in the movie as a kid, and the phone mm-hmm. would ring, and I would freak out, and I would hang up. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I I'm I'm looking forward to the next Doctor Strange movie. I'm looking forward to. Uh, I just finished Loki. That movie, that series, that that is the best. That's one of the best things Marvel has done. He that heard, Loki series was so yeah, good. No Modoc, but it's all right. It's, <laughs> <laughs> he who remains was a perfect asshole. He was. Oh such yeah, a, he yeah. Was such I an was very disappointed in that character. I was like, do do we? Okay. There's so much seriousness and so much build up, and then you get there, and the guy has to be crazy. How many times have we seen that? Is that the trope now? No. Is no. that how we're going to write every character when you get there? Oh, 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 I'm a lunatic. I'm a little bit wild. I'm a crazy guy. But he made perfect sense. Can we sense. stop it? Can we make sense. somebody who is completely plausible, who is completely dangerous? It needed it at the end. Of we needed we it. We needed some comic relief at the end of that fucking series. So much comic relief in that story. I didn't need the comic relief to get to that point. I needed a seriously dangerous character who lives up to the 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 build up. I needed a Max von Sydow or a Christopher Plummer, or I needed a good. I don't know, just somebody excruciatingly dangerous. You know, somebody like more of old man Loki. Dude, I'm old man, man Loki. He was awesome. I mean, like, old man awesome. Loki. I love yes that that costume, the the casting, that was freaking sick. That was that's the Loki that we grew up reading about in mm-hmm. our age group, and then to see him be like, no, I I wanted to be, I wanted to get beyond this. That's the whole beauty of it. I asked my son recently. I was like. What if Darth Vader turned himself in? It's the whole the blacklist with uh, James Vader, but it's the whole concept. And I was like, dude, I wrote an entire TV series about a about a guy who uh, made himself available, you know, and he was the wor- the world's greatest bad guy. And then that that's something to explore. Old Man Loki, brilliant. I never, I, I hadn't thought of it like that. Old Man Loki. Good, good way yep. to put that. Tony, what are you looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, dude, I'm, I'm looking for Suicide Squad straight up, man. Two weeks out, freaking, I want some redemption. I want freaking some, I want James Gunn to come out there and be like, let's Fuck have you. some fun. Fuck you for firing me. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, dude, yeah, that movie, movie actually looks good. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen the previous movie, but that, that Suicide Squad movie looks like fun. And it's yeah. got John Cena in it. So, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how, I, dude. I want like two people to survive. I, I want them <laughs> to just, I want them to just go crazy. Like not like, I'm not talking like Deadpool two crazy where they just kill everybody off in one scene, <laughs> but like just whittle down the roster bit by bit throughout the entire movie. Like kill somebody off in the first three minutes, Poking and then like every go. little bit. Oh no, no, I want him to survive, man. 
he's he's the one with he's, he's the one with the death wish. Give me give me give me a polka dot man freaking six issue limited series. Give me some, him and King Shark. Well, Everybody else dies. I'm waiting for them to uh, <laughs> actually. It's already happened where they've started modeling Peacekeeper as John Cena. Dude, oh yeah, that's that a, that's a dude. He, it, it's freaking it's it's freaking uh it's Nick Fury all over again. Yes, sir. <laughs> freaking, they, they created they created they turned him black and made him freaking Samuel L. Jackson before they freaking cast him in the movies and freaking it it works brilliantly. Oh, they did it in what 2000. 2000 yeah. they did in 2000 mm-hmm. it worked yeah. my son was like dad why is your nick fury uh lego guy not not nick fury and i was like because this is the nick fury i grew up with and i like the idea that there would be a multiversal nick fury oh. that totally works like well that's the thing man i I, my, I I told uh i was at work the other day and we were just going off about age and whatnot. I was like, man, I'm so old. Freaking, I remember when Nick Fury was David Hasselhoff. <laughs> Me too. Dude. Yeah. When I remember Lundgren when the Punisher, Punisher was Dolph Lundgren. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Getting the... Here you go, Joshua. Here's my, here's my gag banana. Your gag banana. Uh, I bought some Does gag. Does Josh can gag on your banana? I don't, I don't know that anybody... I mean, you could. We've never been that With drunk. this much kinetic sand. Anyway, that is toy gag banana I've been playing with. I got it for three dollars, and it's a lot of fun. I bought some gag uh, the other day for eight bucks over at Walgreens because I had to go back and get it. And uh, I also bought the uh, uh, Hot Wheels Thunder Tank. Oh, sick Thunder Tank, dude! Yeah, that heat, dude. Thundercats is coming back, and like He-Man is out of control right now. I haven't watched it yet. I was never the biggest He-Man fan. I, it was, it Me was neither. He-Man was something I watched because Thundercats wasn't on. I told yes, you're right. Same thing with Silverhawks. Um, Silverhawks was a shit. Those toys were awesome. My uh, my son was like, dude, we gotta watch, we gotta watch Master of the Universe, and I'm like, uh, all right, that's fascinating that you're into that suddenly, and we watched it, and I was like, two episodes in, I was like, this is good, of course, first episode, automatically Kevin Smith, and I was like, oh god, and I'm like, okay, you know what, this is better, and this 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 is better than any other Kevin Smith property I've ever seen. I am sick to death of him and I am bored of his entire shtick but uh, there you have it uh, I, I, I do like the new He-Man revelations but like walk down any toy aisle and they are really pushing pushing Masters of the Universe stuff doing it for the past 10 years oh, yeah they are Yeah, Guys, they're not going to let that go let's do it issue let's do 200 it. Issue two hundred, issue one hundred. Minefields. We're walking the minefields, Colin. This is dangerous, Tony. You've been warned. <laughs> We've never said that before, I but it. I like that. I love it. And this transmission is That's over. That's awesome. Way to go, everybody. Way to go. That's what, a three and a half hour episode? Three, <laughs> hours, and, three hours and six minutes. 
Three air. 